Thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kurt. This is Mary. Uh, you always <laughs> blow your line. I remember lessons. Uh, uh, Stork. I thought it was Heron. Who are you guys? Why are you here? They've been on before. Yeah, all right. They've been on before. I thought maybe they Me should more recently than her. People. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast... Tune, tune, tune in now. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt has brought us a topic. <laughs> Sam from Lakewood writes in for some prophecy advice. Kaitor? Sure. Kaitor, flyer of the universe, <laughs> uh, suggests a new logical fallacy and asks for some DM advice. Joe writes in to suggest Earth Dawn. And Jonas Larson sends in a horror story involving yours truly, me. <laughs> if you'd like to email the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, happyjacksrpg, all one word. And on Instagram, which I, I think is important, I'm told, <laughs> happyjacksrpg. <laughs> I don't know. I've never Did looked at it. Get a Reddit Instagram. yet? <laughs> uh, our own? No. Yeah, we, we that takes some pull, I think. <laughs> yeah, we get a Reddit? Yeah. Slash I, I think you have to have a lot of people who are on Reddit say, <laughs> Get on it, guys. That's not 4chan? <laughs> oh, I would like to have a letter on 4chan. Is H taken? It can be 4chan slash H. It can be slash H for Happy Jacks. Sure. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably hand job but, or something. But then you have to go hentai. on 4chan. Yes. No, 4chan is probably hentai. It might be, huh? <laughs> Maybe we can just take over B. Maybe we can just be B. That's random, I think. 4chan okay. is random. Right? You can't think of something that would start with B? No, no, it's specifically designed That's what for it random. They, they've, it they've assigned a B for random. For some yeah. reason, I don't know why. Okay. I think, I'm not sure. <sighs> to be or not to be. See, it's I, funny, because it's 4chan. Uh, and if you want to watch the show live, we record live on Fridays at 8 p.m. Pacific time. You can go to happyjacks.org slash live and find the links and the chat room and all that stuff. And hi, chat room. You guys are there. Sir Guido's there. Forrest is there. Flying Jackalope is there. This is going to be like the romper room. <laughs> I see your hive mind. I, I, I wore my traveler shirt for you, Forrest. There we go. You haven't lived until you've died, Mike character creation. It's <laughs> <laughs> just literal. Forrest gets it. Uh, so, yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, topic. You'd come up with an interesting topic, and I would like to hear you tell us what that is. So, um... Uh, I had the game that I d- run every so often. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> right in front of the mic. <laughs> Just walk right through my stage, why don't you? <laughs> Throw it at him this time. Would you like a bag of potato chips? You missed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, b- been running this game for the last three years off and on, uh, Vampire the Masquerade set in World War One. Okay. And it's awesome! Thank you. Um, and uh, not this past Tuesday, but the previous one was the most recent session, and uh, they're at the Battle of Gallipoli. And I wanted to impart a sense to the characters and more over the players about the 
psychological effects of shell shock. So they arrived just in time for a massive artillery barrage. Now, there's, these are vampires, right? Yes. yes. It still hurts. I right. get it. I get it. Um, so ar- they artillery, there's Mike, some fire involved. Mike. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Right. Mike, yeah. Say that again. There's some fire involved. In, in, yes, absolutely. Um, so at least so some of that is going to be So they got into a bunker, and I was trying to affect two... Trying to get two effects out of them simultaneously didn't really work all that well, and it was a really um, ambitious <laughs> task. Already, one, it's ambitious. I mean, you're in there one, a historic battle of Gallipoli. Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to scare a bunch of jaded vampire players. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, I mean, Who had already been in other parts of World War One? Right. right, exactly. I mean, one of the characters, her, uh, one of the players, her character had been at the Somme. I, so, I, I, right, right. At that so, point, they're like, Pfft. right, exactly. So, um, but the um, the uh, the two feelings I was trying to go for here to give this idea of hunkering down uh, during a, a four what was going to be a four or five day uh, artillery barrage um, <laughs> because that's how long they lasted God damn. Um, was simultaneously tension and tedium ooh so right a lot like a vampire game <laughs> <laughs> well. So I had figured out a, me- a, a mechanic to help to sort of work this out, but there were some complications that the players brought up that, um, namely, fuck this noise, we're going to get the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're a Camarilla coterie, and they ducked into this bunker along with a Sabat pack. Nice. Who were actually sent there to help them. With, with, the, with the Sabats, the... The Nazis? No, no, no. And this wasn't. This is World War One, so there were no Nazis. Right. That's and what, that's what I was missing in Wonder Woman. There were no swastikas. Why were there no swastikas? Because, because they, they were, were fighting Nazis. Kaiserreich. Uh, <laughs> it was in World War One. Exactly. There are lots of pickle halbas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pickle <laughs> halbas. Exactly. So, Stork, when they do the sequel, yes. they can put that one in World War Two, and oh. then the acronym is perfect. All right. Because then the acronym is WW Two. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even <laughs> m- Mind blown <laughs> There's a reason you know. I married her? Yeah. Yes, pretty much <laughs> Still haven't figured out why she married me But that's beside the point um, So anyway uh, <laughs> So yeah, the idea For the topic here is how do you create Tension I mean, they were technically in a combat But they weren't in combat How do you create suspension tension in a non-combat situation, that is our topic. If you think it is bad to be in combat and have last initiative, it's even worse to be in combat and you can't roll initiative. Oh, right, right. Well, oh, exactly, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically, all you're doing is saving against <coughs> in vampire. Just saving against Rorschach every time, like a, a shell hits close by. Yeah, there's I, I worked out a like slightly different mechanic than that, but yeah, it wasn't exactly a retrack roll. But it was. I was basically trying to trying to bleed them of their willpower. Um. Oh, and okay, that's so, interesting. And to also affect the um, the the fact that it builds over time, the difficulty was going to increase over time. So it started out as a wits plus courage roll at difficulty four, then it was going to go to five, six, seven. It was just gonna, the difficulty was going to steadily increase. You also have attention to the fact that daylight eventually shows up. Yeah, and they're also spending blood. Yep, and they're stuck in trenches. Yep, and how do they hide all of that? Mm-hmm. 
So really, you're dealing. That with would have been the ideal, except that we uh, didn't get that far. Hmm. Um, but because they so left when what, no, well, they haven't left yet. But um, they basically decided they were going to. Uh, but the the other thing is that as, as they failed, or actually in the case as the case was botched their roles, they lost points off of their wits. Hmm. Temporarily, temporarily yeah, lost points say. off their wits, hmm. off of their int, then off of stamina, dex, and eventually strength. But because but not all the way down to zero. Wits, losing your wits made your pool worse. And this is all in the right, right. this is all a, as a, a mechanic to make them feel to f- to feel the the psychological effects of shell shock, because you start you can't concentrate. So wits, you. Have tr- trouble with uh, uh, various other mental problems, so int. Then you, you <coughs> wears on you physically, so your stamina goes down. You lose coordination, so your dex goes oh, yeah. down because you're suffering from sleep deprivation. Exactly, uh, yeah. right. So and all of these things, and that's that would that would have been the the long term um, point of this, but we just hadn't gotten that far. Right. So I don't know. Maybe we still will. And if there's and if there any of them are watching tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what actually happened? Did your players just say "f this" and leave? Um, Not immediately. Well, it started with we we got down to the bunker. The shooting hadn't started yet. The this it was actually a Sabat person who was I think Nos. So we were like, oh, it's a Nosferatu. They must be on our side. So we followed them down into the bunker because we we're like, okay, we can get the information because we were sent on an info gathering mission. That's the whole thing. It's find out why this battle is reporting losses in like the millions when there aren't that many soldiers in the war. It was just Sabat stuck in a bunker for. Um, well, and the the cam and the sabat were both invested in ending this mortal war because the food was killing itself. Sure, and sure. they were four, almost four years in at this point. Sure, yeah. three years, I guess. Yeah. So we they basically said, go find out what's happening, figure out what's going on, and right now it looks like we're going to find out what's going on and go <coughs> back instead of fixing the problem like good little PCs. We'll be like, we did our job, you owe us now. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't consider that possibility. Right? By, yeah. by cam rules, we we have done exactly what we're supposed to do. I don't Observe know if it's going to work out that way. But um, so we got a little bit of information because we have some amazing perception checks in the group because Auspex lowers the difficulty and we've got a Tremere, we've got a Toreador, and my Bruja has uh, additional in-clan Auspex. You have a Toreador, you get all the answers you want. They, um, just, they just roll all night. No, because he's not that kind of Toreador. No. No, his art is, is the sword. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, actually, as the Bruja, I have the highest aspects in the what? group. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, Special merit, additional discipline. You take it as in clan. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and so she can also teach it like it's in clan. It, it's a little bit expensive for a merit, but so worth it if you know you want to go high levels. Um, but Tories can just tell people what to do and have them. Sp- well, anyway, carry on. All right. So um, we had already figured out that there were some. Things that were necromantic related. So we're like, oh, there's a necromancer. We'd actually spotted the necromancer. One person had. To be fair, if I was a necromancer, I would be in a battlefield that's just full of free dead bodies. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we already knew there was a necromancer. We get down in there, we're talking to the Sabad, our Nosferatu starts talking with a a rat he summons from nearby. We figure out there's two two people on Team Necromancer. Um, And that alone, for us, that's like, oh, well, we know what the problem is. There's a necromancer who is. Ten, sending the wraiths out of the wraithlands to go be part of the battle, so they're reporting all these extra deaths and extra bodies coming in because they weren't they like didn't react until the first. The entire battlefield's a wraithland. It's it's just exactly it's World a never one, ending. World War One did cause the fourth maelstrom in, in the Shadowlands, right? So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, so we we figured this out. We know what the problem is, and we had worked it out. 
probably Mind within you, only one of them has any inkling at all about how necromancy actually works. Right. right. Well, and that's the Tremere. <laughs> I know how necromancy works. My Bruja knows that if you punch the necromancer hard enough. Then you help them out and seeing the dead as, because as they noticed, die. It's, it's something I've, I've realized about vampire. Uh, once you become a vampire, you stop learning anything. So apparently, if you if you like proceed to advance on stuff, people you would not know that you wouldn't know that you when you embraced and people were like, well, I can still read books and I can still do research. No, you wouldn't. Uh, That's not my point. But yeah. okay. Anyway, it was we had we our Tremere studied a little bit of necromancy. The rest of us are sure. not very occult inclined. There used to be a Giovanni in the party. Okay. Thank God he's gone. Um. <laughs> for those of you that aren't keeping up on all the clan names out here, what's Giovanni famous Giovanni, for? Giovanni, they're necromancers. All right. And what is and, Bruhoff and famous v- for? Punching things. And what is and what are Tremere are uh, vampire warlocks. wizards? Yeah, vampire and, and, wizards. Yeah. And we all know what Nosferatu are. Yeah, they're ugly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm and for fuckers. those for those of you out there that aren't <laughs> into vampire, I'm just trying to keep it clear. Yeah. Toreadors <laughs> are artists. Yes. So. Um, so about. Six hours of game time into being in this bunker because we we were trapped pretty quick. Um, we we'd figured out most of what was going on. So the next night hits. But you haven't got. Oh no! Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. we we had most of it before the first uh, night ended. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of going. We're still sitting here. Well, our game roll was kind of like this is bullshit. Um, like they do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she went claws out, and she has. Uh, her protean, which is her like, you know, the earth melt and everything, is up to level six. So she's got all kinds of things that she can do with her earth melt. So she just started digging a tunnel, going, okay, the camp is that way. If we go back, di- go under the camp, we can come up at the edge of where they're dropping all of the shells, and we can get out of here. So she just started digging. So we're having some more interactions and conversations, um, but the exit is being made because there's no point in. It's like we know what the problem is We can't fix it from trapped inside a bunker anyway um, And so he's having us do these these checks And because we started coming up with solutions And being proactive We threw off his timetable So all of a sudden the roles were At very weird intervals um, That's my fault yeah. Which might have increased the tension But you weren't going to get tedium at that point anyway no, Because we yeah. had things to do Even though so, it's the same role every time I feel, yeah. like, I feel like we are, we, are, we are given all the evidence here yes, I feel like right, I need exactly. to now examine this yeah. here. Right. So we, we were kind of getting a little bit like This role is getting boring Especially because all of us made it so many times Hey, I got to tedium <laughs> But not in the right way uh, Did you steal my beer? Did he? Did not that's yours No, I had two You just opened it There's, one There's one this you. one here that I drank There's another one here that I what have sec- I had two I, had, I just got a second one Speaking of tedium, that one's full. It, this is yeah, this is full. I just opened. You're drinking my beer. I opened two. What did you do with yours? Don't yeah, blame I, me. For I your said it right here, and I think you took it. Ladies Listen. and gentlemen, we are currently experiencing <laughs> libational uh, difficulties, so please stand by. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get another one. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so his mechanic might have worked closer to the way he intended if the players had done what he thought we'd do. Um, See, they I, have I, players screwing up the game. L five R has a, a, a kind of similar mechanic for fear, and that is you start taking a cumulative uh, negative to all of your rolls yep. to make the player come to the point where okay, I'm no longer effective. I'm going to run away from this situation, but it doesn't really cause tension or fear. It's a mechanical way to emulate that, but it's not really the same thing. Yeah. At least that's kind of the way I see it. The, the one way that I actually tried to <clears throat> get um, 
a certain amount of tension back into the players more was because if you cause uh, a emotional response in a player, you've succeeded. Is one of oh, the yeah, mantras, absolutely, right? yeah. Was um, <clears throat> one of the players was giving an explanation of how her uh, his character had figured out um, what was going on, and in the middle of a word, in the middle of a word, I just go. Boom! Mm-hmm. And you know, just, I yelled it. I don't want to yell into the mic, right. but you know, yelled it out and just go ahead, caught everybody out. Go ahead, <laughs> boom! You know, <laughs> so <laughs> right, exactly. Your heart's on the other side, <laughs> not his. Oh, okay. Misplaced heart, so might merit. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a flaw. <laughs> no, it's a merit. <laughs> Depends. Uh, anyway, um, he's 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 uh, he's Scandinavian. His heart's yeah. on the other side. <laughs> Accused of being Vulcan occasionally too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, it was just sort of okay. Make that roll again because it, you know a, a particularly large uh, uh, shot went off. It had sort of gotten to this point of of a constant susurration of thunder overhead, and there's like okay, I can almost ignore this, and then one really close goes off, right, and shakes everything. And what, what did the player say when you yelled "boom" at them, though? I mean, uh, he they... he kind of jumped like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's here's. I think you just you just put your finger on the problem there, yeah. is that I think that you were mechanically trying to make something happen when you really should have been doing it descriptively. Yelling "boom" at them, describing them the fact that you can't actually go. Uh, you, you can't you, without violating the masquerade. You can't be murdering each other and murdering other people. The daylight's coming. You feel weak. What are you going to do? And building that tension descriptively rather than building it up mechanically would have given you, I think, the look the thing that you were looking for. I, I there's lots of ways to get about to, to get around that, but but that's a great example. Shouting boom, um, making the the, the overall tension and, 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 and describing how bleak it is and their situation is. And yes, they may still went up and said, F this, we're out of here. But at least at that point, you've actually set up a situation where they feel like, we're out of here because this is effed up. I mean, these yeah. let we can find cattle somewhere else. These, these guys are messed. I, I, I almost wonder if it would have been or, or created more tension if Instead of having a barrage happen while they were there, have one happen just before they got there. That maybe it's something they're witnessing as as they're on approach. Because there was all kinds of like back, um, what are they trenches? Called? Back trenches to get there. Because I mean, like in, World, in World War One, they actually had a fairly fast troop rotation. Well, not initially, but yeah. Well, they, they realized yeah. they had to do it they, at yeah. some point because they were just. Going batshit. Yeah. Sometime in 1916, they finally figured that out. Right, and then they, so you wouldn't stay on the front line for more than I think a couple days, and then they would send you back, and you would be off for like a week, right? And then come back in, and so they had like all kinds of combat. So you can ha- literally have have them approach as one of these horrendous um, barrages is going on, or is it just at the it's end? Or one one shell shock photo. Um, yeah, I, th- but, but there was the added aspect of um, they approached this battle from based on their all, all of their nationalities, the enemy side. They were in the essentially the enemy camp. Yeah, I've seen that that photo. So it's a it's a famous shell shock victim from World War One. Yeah, yeah, right. It's stuck in the trenches. I'll show it to the camera. I too. don't know if it'll. 
Yeah, it kind of it shows up a little. Yeah, yeah, because what you're actually doing is shining a light in. Yeah, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, so I mean, there's the added uh, the added tension of you've got a Brit, an American, um, a uh, one of whatever the Tremere is, uh, Austrian. But so, but yeah. uh, anyway, but all on, all on the Turkish side of the battle, right? Instead of on the Anzac side of the battle, right? But so. what, but what, what, I, what I'm what I'm saying is have them approach so they can see what's going on and they can see yeah. that you know there's literally the, you know, those rolling barrages of boom 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 yeah. boom and you know and it's yeah. several football fields wide as it's happening. Yeah, that's a very cin- cinematic thing. You start yeah. with a long shot, yeah, as you're approaching. That's a very it's a very film then thing. As they get there, it stops, and I think you could pull that tension from. Okay, I don't want to be in the middle of one of those because we just saw what it's like. Mm-hmm. Plus, fire and uh, fire and vampires don't get along. When, when, Not usually. When might it start again? Yeah. Is it going to start while we're here? That's uh, that's just uh, to to me that would be a way to cause to cut ca- to cause more tension by creating by creating that sort of dread or anticipation of yeah. it. And I and I, I bring that up because I just started reading or rereading actually uh, a book by you know who John Ronson is. He's no. a he's a British journalist. Um, the book he is most famous for is "The Men Who Stare at Goats," which they adapted okay, and ad- dramatically adapted into and very fictionalized into a film. Because he basically goes around and finds crackpots mm-hmm. and st- stays with them for a long period of time, and then he writes these books and makes fun of them. He's the Men Who Stare at Goats that was about uh, uh, Project Magic, right? Uh, that, yeah, yeah, it was about when they were uh, trying to, uh, or MK Ultra. Sorry, no, it wasn't MK Ultra. Okay. Well, I don't. I, I have not read the book. I've only seen the movie. Oh, okay. But th- there, there. I guess there was a brief period of time when the United States Army was experimenting with trying, trying to come up with psychic. Yeah. See yeah, if there was such that a was thing MK as Ultra. psychic, psychic powers. Yeah. Yeah. MK Ultra. They, that's the one where they were using remote viewing. They were trying. Yeah. Uh, well, th- well, that they were also experimenting with LSD. I think for that, that one, too. weren't they? Yeah. Well, they were, yeah, it was part of it. Yeah. But um, the book, I, the book I'm rereading is called The Psychopath Test. Oh yeah, and it's fa- first fascinating book. But he goes and talks to people who either are known psychopaths or that might be psychopaths. And the very on the fr- my first reading, there was no tension reading the sort of opening introduction to the first one he meets. Mm-hmm. But knowing when I read, re- li- I'm actually listening to it, um, knowing. The guy he's going to meet, and he's going in not even realizing that this guy is a psychopath. But me knowing that he is, as as he's telling the story, there's a Scientologist who's going to go introduce him to this guy because this is basically their poster child for why psychiatrists are bad. Mm-hmm, because right. there's nothing wrong with this guy. He pretended to be insane because he had an assault and battery charge. So. He didn't want to do five to eight years in prison. He figured they'd put him in a nice, cushy hospital, and he could serve his time there. So he pretended to be insane. It's the McMurphy defense. And but what <laughs> but it, what happened to the, what happened is they identified him as a psychopath. They went, "Oh, this guy's more dangerous than we thought." So they, they put him in this place called Broadmoor, which I guess is a very long-term uh, uh, asylum yeah. for danger, criminally dangerous people. And he's in like the the ward that is the worst of the worst. This is where serial killers go, and like just and exchange notes. 
and long. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. They never get out. Yeah, they never get out. Well, they might one day when they're too old to actually hurt anyone. But what? But they stay there for a very long time, and so. Because you're never too old to hurt anyone, right? So the the, 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 the the Scientologist was, they were using this guy sort of as their poster child for look at the horrible things that they're doing to this guy because all he did was fake being insane. They didn't realize that, and John Ronson when he's going to meet this guy doesn't realize mm-hmm. that he's a psychopath. So and they're and the guy like gives out little clues that unwittingly, as they're on the drive to go meet this guy and they're finding out. Oh, so he's in this special ward where they only keep like murderers and rapists, and why no, is it there? All he did that was is incidental, right? And you start, and you and you get the slow creeping sense of dread on the second reading because I know what this guy is, but he doesn't. But tr- slowly trickling this stuff out, and it's like, oh yeah, and by the way, this happened. Oh, and he did do this. And don't oh, be, and don't then, be alarmed if <clears throat> right, and and suddenly I start feeling this sort of sense of creeping dread about oh yeah this is, I'm kind of getting chills because he's going to go meet this guy and then talks to him finds him the most charming person in the world <laughs> he's totally like okay we got to help this guy out he goes and talks to the 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 attending psychiatrist at the at the place and the guy's like no he's a psychopath yeah what yeah. oh yeah and then they that's that's sort of what explodes the whole book into him doing research about psychopaths and all this stuff. And, and he goes back and talks to him, talks to him it's later. It's a lamb, same thing. Right. Right, he's a very charming individual, and if you didn't know that he'd eaten people's livers, right. you, you would like, hey, why is he behind this crazy thing? Well, that, that's all vampires, really. Yeah. What I'm saying is, this slow sort of, even knowing mm-hmm. what the end point is as a player character and knowing it's going to be really unpleasant and and I think a lot of people have a sort of um, I kind of don't even know what the word is I'm looking for they get, kind of get the heebie-jeebies around mm-hmm. people who are like really psychotically insane they, they, it's an uncomfortable thing it's like yeah. oh I'm going to go visit my friend at the at the insane asylum he's you know on a bunch of antipsychotic drugs but you're going to go see him because he's your buddy but you're not really maybe not going to make eye contact with anyone else who's there right because it's it's kind of freakish it's yeah. kind of freaky you're, it's also your subconscious knows what proper social cues look like and when people aren't doing them that is a threat Right. When yeah. people are not behaving the way they're socially supposed to. So you start That's just instinct. yeah. instinctively going, this is a threat. This person's not acting safe. Right. It explains why I'm freaked out at every game con I go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really skilled LARPers can turn that on and off. Really skilled actors can turn it on and off, which is why they were not distrusted in the Middle Ages. Yeah. But you were still, you, were, you but, hadn't wound up yet. Yeah, but the... the um, and I mean, it's just—it's the same thing. Even if you go into like what it, it, into a, like a hospice care place, mm-hmm. it's like it, it, that's a different thing. It's like yeah. okay, these people are going through something that's very personal. I'm going yeah. to visit the person I'm going to visit who's dying, but I'm going to kind of yeah. And, and you, no, get, I, you get that, I, you get that really kind of. I remember that from the last time I visited my grandmother. Yeah, right. It, it, it's that real unease yeah. sort of situation, and I think if you can find ways to sort of harness that. This is not a place I should be in a gradual way. I think it can create that level of tension you're talking about. I don't know I don't know how that tr- 
translates specifically to well, I have a, a walking artillery barrage, but... Well, I have a thought on that. Okay. Because what you're describing is everything that's still about atmosphere. It's about uh, describing the scene. It's about everything that's in the scene and also the mechanic-oriented thing. Uh, maybe take some some tricks from Call of Cthulhu, which is about describing the scene and setting it up and uh, the, the, the the slow burn. And, and you don't actually want to win. It's about, you know... Uh, losing your sanity, losing uh, losing your mind. Uh, you find these clues, and the more you find, the worse it is. I I, I think I think I've the crux been, I've been is trying to d- an to element of that throughout the game. I mm-hmm. don't know if they've picked up on it. <laughs> I think the crux is to take the dice away. It's like we are not going to roll any dice. There's not going to be any mechanics today. We are going to talk about this. And maybe maybe it's almost I don't want to say fiasco, but but maybe it's much more of a descriptive game that day than it will be an actual mechanics game. And if somebody wants to attack something, you're like, no, 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 you, no, no, this isn't about attacking. This is about us surviving in these trenches and how we're going to get around and how you're going to get out, how you're going to survive, how the sun comes out, what are you going to do? And that's going to build up your tension. I, there's no easy solution for this because you've, yeah. you've set up a group of experienced vampires. You've dropped them into a situation where they are, and, and they're all tricky and they all want to, they all, they all know stuff and they're all like obviously got at least six levels of protean or more. Well, scattered that's amongst the them. highest right. discipline that anybody Scattered has. amongst yeah. them. So, I mean, you, you're going to have a, you're going to have a tricky time keeping them in those trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were two things also working against him on what he wanted to do though. One thing was, I feel like we're picking on him. No, no, no. no, no. no. I'm looking for... (laughs) Yeah. And this is something that has come up plenty of times on the podcast, and that is the players weren't having it. Mm -hmm. Um, We were like, oh, we we are not... This group is bad. And a couple people were extra bad that night to the point where I was actually snapping... What do you mean by bad? She's Uh, explaining. It was to the point where I was snapping at people out of character to get back into character, where it was like, ooh, pop culture reference. Somebody used to turn a phrase. Somebody else is going to sing a song lyric now. Um, and it's just that the party does that happen all the time. Yes, it's a pretty consistent problem. Okay, so that wasn't like like whistling past the graveyard sort of thing. I was going to um, say maybe you were doing your job well enough that they were feeling comfortable to make them. They need feel. Yeah. No, I, I'm one of the worst culprits of that. Okay, mm. yeah, and when whether I'm a player or a GM, and when he's GM, he's more likely to fall into it and play it more with the two other oh, people okay. who really okay. like to do it. Okay. Um, which is weird because the other person who often starts it when he's GM actually is a little better at not following it. Yeah. Um, but so it, he was working against a crowd that was not in the mood for that atmosphere that night. Um, and actually, the thing that created the most tension for me was um, when our shiny little setite um, frenzied. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was, oh shit, are we about to throw down with the Sabat pack while we're trapped in this little room? So the, the, the Sabat pack was led by a. Let me see. No one wants to fight in a basement. Right? Yeah, you've got a <laughs> you've got a seven foot ceiling, you know. Right. Let's get and stuck in a basement with a with a shimase and a gang roll, and, and they're wait, both wait, frenzying. Wait, wait. Let's yeah. see what happens. So, next. Yeah, there, there's there's a, on the Camarilla side, we have a gang roll, a, a tremere of said I on the Camarilla side. Toriador, 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 yeah, Toriador, Toriador, sword, fight knight, and a bruja. Science bruja, by the way. Science bruja, who what abs? It's the only time I've ever called for a roll dex plus science to make sure your grenade goes off right. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, but on that, that, so that's one side. The other, the, the Sabat pack is two Shimasi, a Lasombra, 
a Nosferatu Antichibu and a Tremere Antichibu. Is it Antichibu? Is that how that's pronounced? There are several accepted okay. All right, because I've, I've been pronouncing Antichibu yeah. or Antichibu or... Yeah. I just say Anti. Anti, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to your Sabat uncles. Anti... Uh, no, you no, just no, cry no, 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 the, un- the uncles that Nosferatu don't like the uncles. Um, is anybody else here? On about a lot of Sabambra. Anyway, because so, every time, now, yeah, all so, I hear is Richie Valens. So, so uh, the the Sedite is talking to the Lysambra, and the Sabbat are all about worshipping Cain. That's their, re- that's their religion, is worshipping Cain. And the Sedites are all about worshipping Set. And... He makes some comment about, like, for the glory of Set, or something like that. And, um, the, the, the I'm sorry, not Lysa, the, the Shimisi pack uh, ductus spits blood at the earth at the mention of Set. And I'm like, okay, yeah, roll frenzy. Difficulty four. It'll be fine, you know. Difficulty four. Oh, I botched. No, he failed. <laughs> okay. he, didn't, he didn't botch, <laughs> but he failed. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> the hissing, spitting. And, yeah. and this player has a history of antagonizing other characters in their other character. Yeah, he was the one playing the Giovanni so who caused the Bruja and the Gangrel to so frenzy against him. So the Sabat are NPCs, yeah. yes? Yes, uh, yes, the Sabat are all NPCs, okay. yes. Um, but the PCs decided that rather than immediately throwing down against the Sabat, we did our damnedest to stop the Sedite because he's a Sedite. The rest of us are loyal Cam. We actually kind of don't trust him anyway. I um, and and also, they really didn't want the Shimisi to go Zulo. So I mean, that, that does that does bring up. But that was actually the bigger point of tension. Was oh shit, how do we defuse this? I, I put in several different ways, yeah. uh, hoping that one of them would like work. Frenzy, you're, f- but you're fucked. Yeah, but that exactly. source of tension there yeah. is the fact that you're in a confined space, mm-hmm. outnumbered or even. Uh, we actually five had, and five. No, we had the number advantage at that point. Two of them were out of the room. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but still, it's not going to be clean. No, yeah. it's not going to be a clean was out of fight. Fight. Also, so we had four; they had three. Yeah. So without having the combat, the threat of the combat mm-hmm. was like, oh, I don't want this to happen. It, 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 I wonder if there would have been a way to cause that kind of um, cause that tension. Tension that without. cause that kind of tension with a barrage. You easily, I, um, you easily I had it in my back pocket. It didn't happen. Okay. You, you easily could because here, here are are three frenzy prone vampires, and an explosion comes off nearby. They see flame, so, they smell smoke, and they all have to make a check. Now they're all stuck in a basement together, and right. all the other vampires are like, "If that gangrel goes off, yeah. and we're stuck in this room with him, <laughs> right? If that so, bruja, right? Oh, oh shit! Oh, right? Shit. Yeah, exactly. So the Sabat had gotten there twenty four hours earlier, so they had already been through a smaller version of that barrage earlier mm-hmm. and I did mention at one point like as you guys are, are working through this this dice mechanic said the Sabat don't seem to be handling it as well as you guys do oh see now that yeah. I made that one comment and I did get a couple of people look at me like oh and their Malkavian was like kind they of don't have a Malkavian. okay I thought she was a Malkavian based on how she was acting. You know, you no, know, she was. You she know, was. They don't. 
No, that that one's a shimmy with a derangement. You know what? <laughs> what, what you've set up is a submarine movie, which is yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. can't they can't yep. leave because there's a barrage going on, and and the Sabat are stuck in one corner of this little room, and they're stuck in another corner of the little room, and they have to get along. Dude. And then the and then the threat of frenzy is hanging over their head the entire time. U five seven one Crimson Tide, Hunt for Red October, and up and down mm-hmm. Periscope. Well, the thing is, <laughs> it also already worked out a second exit plan if the tunnel didn't work. And that is, we had determined that the wood that was holding the roof up was enough to stop uh, what they were dropping on people. Well, but you, you never know. I mean, there's enough nervous gangrels around, yeah. and, they're, and so, they all start smelling frenzy. In the air. But, but we had actually, some people had gone out and stolen some wooden planks that were reinforcing the trenches. Far enough down, it wasn't going to destabilize our room. So we basically had shields that we were going to use to just make a run for it. Um, so, so we had a second exit plan. So, anyway. so okay. in a submarine yeah. movie, it's not about combat. Nope. It's about you can't get out. You yep. can't, can't get, get out. away. It's yeah. like Alien. You're yep. stuck in. You're stuck in a ship with a frenzying gangrel, and you have to figure out how to hide until he gets out, or or whatever it is, or the threat of that, or an impending frenzy, or the impending, or or, <laughs> right. or just a, a rush check. I mean, any moment yep. that mm-hmm. could open up to the sunlight, yep. and we could be fucked. How do we, how do we? And then now now the tension also comes to me. Specifically with this game is is your Camarilla dealing with Sabat and having who are some supposedly fly back and forth? supposedly on your side. Well, but but for right. how long? Right, it's, it's, <laughs> while it's convenient, and, and, so, and that tension is definitely following us into next session. Yeah. So I, you set it up, but I think the, I think your tripping point was, and it's probably it, it's an honest mistake with GMs, I think, because you want to default the mechanics because you want to be honest. And if you're dealing with a bunch of smart players, you don't want to be called to task. There's a role for that. I'm sorry. You need to make sure, uh, actually, that there's on page 273, you need to, you don't want to be that guy. Like, um, yeah. I, 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 I did want it to be fair, equitable across the board. Um, that equal risk. Yeah, well, it wasn't equal risk because you don't all have the same stats, but. Equitable. Some people are going to be able to handle it better than others. To, to yeah. me, for this topic, and this applies to more than just a vampire game, that this is a, this is a trap a lot of GMs can easily fall into: is that you want to trust the mechanics and be fair to your players, and that by trying to build a tension scene based on mechanics, you're not going to make it work really well. I, you know what I mean? Well, what but saying? in some ways, because what yeah. she's describing. Is also part of the mechanics, and that that is, if someone frenzies, which is part of the yeah, mechanics, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a really bad day. Yeah, but yeah. but but then that's over in twenty minutes, right? But it's but that's yeah, no, but it's still well, twenty minutes of in character time, more like two hours of out of character time, right. because that's and then it right. might or it's combat, yeah, depending, yeah, depending, on, depending on how great twenty minutes. But you're still, in yeah, but it's it's still it's still leveraging the mechanics to create that tension. I'm not saying to dispose of mechanics all the time. No, I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I think you needed to be more narrative than in the mechanics, but. You're dealing with a bunch of players who are going to be looking through the books, trying to find loopholes in the executive because they're experienced players. Fortunately, really don't have a whole lot of rules, rules lawyers in this. Well, group. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. You can be you can be a player without being a rules yeah, lawyer, looking for that loophole or looking yeah. for a thing. Especially um, if you're uh, about to die. Especially, <laughs> I did not. Especially, I, I did not observe people looking through the books. You can also they were like, looking through the character sheets, like myself. Well, just just find creative ways to use yeah. your abilities. Yeah, and so so you're looking through the book to like what, what what can I do in mist form? Can I can I go through a keyhole? Oh, it says here I can. All right, so, yeah. Regardless, I mean, that's an someone's example. Lungs. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Did I did I buy the power that lets me do the thing? And, but, but and there was some of that. The, but. the point being that your players are now all going through books, trying to figure stuff out. So as a GM, you you want to say, all right, I, I want these rules to work and be fair, so that they can't argue. Whatever. 
But I think that that might be a trap. I think sometimes it's okay to say, everybody, put your dice down, put your books down. Tonight, we are just going to talk. Tonight, we're going to tell stories. You're stuck in a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, (laughs) we're stuck in World War I trenches until sunrise with Sabbath. What do you do? Go. And, and maybe that's the way they approach that thing. And, and and if you're playing a different system, maybe that's what you do. Maybe it's more narrative that day. Maybe it's more for that section of the thing, which is put your dice away. I don't. I don't. You know. But I want to turn into misform. You can turn into misform. You turn into misform. What do you want to do? I want to. I want to kill him. Right. If you want to enter the combat, and everything. But that's that's. I think what you need to do is set those groundworks because <coughs> specifically wanted this to be tense. You specifically wanted to show the horrors of war. You specifically wanted that moment. And I think you may have robbed yourself by setting yourself up in the mechanics. I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced, but I think I would have approached it from a much more narrative point of view. Is and that al- fair? And also keep us focused. Yeah. You, Fo- you, focus. you let us. You let us break tension yeah. a lot. And and that's. Oh, and maybe you were joined in a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I admit that. <laughs> and that's. And you know what, yeah. Stu? Had a, Stu had a Ghostbusters game where we're all joking and everything, and the next next thing I knew, a kid ate somebody's eyeballs, and we were. Oh, in. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And we I, were I remember. In. Listening and he brought us. One. He brought us all yeah. in, and we didn't well, leave. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right. Exactly. Um, you checking out the chat room. I yeah, will say that, that a lot of this game has been inspired by, and I want to give props where props are due, a lot of this game has been inspired by Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast. Mm. Oh, his World War One thing is fantastic. Exactly. Oh, my God. Blueprint for Armageddon. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to get across this idea to a bunch of people who, who live by feeding off of people, mm-hmm. right? Your food source has figured out a way to eradicate itself for the first time in history. And maybe even you. Right. We can't let them do this. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to eat? <laughs> right. It, considering when in August of 1914, they were sure it was going to be over by Christmas, and now it's December of 1917, and it's there's no end in sight. <laughs> but at least we have especially really long since nights. the Russians have just uh, th- have just left, but the Americans just joined. Right. <laughs> it's like oh, crap. and there's a, there's also there's the desperation of the states that can no longer yeah. afford to maintain standing armies who are saying. Okay, let's you know chemical weapons. We can let's yeah. just see if we can just exterminate the other side. Well, and and I mean the the idea of it's like well we don't have enough people in our own country. So like France, for instance, like we don't have enough Frenchmen to fight this war. So we'll bring in the Senegalese and the Cameroonians and the Algerians and such to fight. And the British were like, oh, we'll bring in the New Zealanders and the Canadians well, and the Australians so and the you, <laughs> you, you chemical weapons thing, I have to say this now before it falls out of my head. Yeah. Thanks for the history. How cool would it have been if they're all in this, there's a frenzy going on, everybody spent blood, everybody's hungry, everybody's tired, and gas they walk outside off. and mustard gas has gone out and wiped out the entire train. They have encountered mustard gas earlier in the but, game. But the point being, there's nothing to feed on. For miles. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, th- like I said, they, 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 they have encountered mustard gas earlier in the game. They know what it does because I had it attack one of their sires. Yep. So none oh, of them took bands? damage. It's, um, a caustic el- it, yeah. it's a caustic gas that affects mm. mucous membranes. Mm. It doesn't matter whether you're undead or not. You don't breathe. It's, it's an acid. It's going to your, your eye, skin. Your eyes, your mm. ears, your, your nasal passages. It's it's going to hurt. You're going to be able to heal yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to hurt. But it's going to be really unpleasant. It's going to be the most excruciating pain you've ever felt in your own life. You'll recover, but you'll probably be mentally scarred from it. You also had implied he might have... I think you might have implied he was in mist form when he ran into it. 
which had a really interesting uh, that w- oh. misform hit mustard gas. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was something you had that's said that made me think that's what happened. By, by, the, really by the way, I've, up. I've been taken to task for saying, that, well, that's GM Fiat. That's GM Fiat. This is the kind of thing that that's GM Fiat. <laughs> Yeah, but what, again, what happens when this form runs into mustard gas? Again, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> go find me that rule. That's why. That is why I had it happen to one of their sires, not one of the player characters. Fair enough. They got to see it. They got to have a direct connection to it. Oh, right. I get it. But it didn't actually personally show rather than cause one or more of them to take physical damage. But they were able to because it was also in like the first or second session. So it's like, yeah, it was like, no right. shit. This is what. Could be in store for you. Now, how did you? How did you? Here's how. Before yeah. you tell me how you handled it. Okay. Here's what I would think. You're in mist form. You go into a cloud of mustard gas. As you rematerialize, there is mustard gas now intermixed with you. Exactly right. Okay, that's what you did. I would even okay. say it was off camera. It, right. yeah, it was off camera. We, it was he off came camera. stumbling up. Just he was carried in with with pustules and blisters all over his skin. Okay. So that I mean, it was a oh shit! What the fuck happened to him? Right, I would even and, and he was a gangrel. So fortitude. and he was a gangrel. So he had fortitude. Right, and yeah, I, I would <laughs> although, although technically in the rules he says, suffered a derangement. It says, it says in misform you can only get hit with supernatural things. I would even say because it's a mist and they're a mist that they would start taking at least bashing damage at the very least. At the very least, as they're flying through yeah. this mustard gas. Because it but, is like I said, something that was ever encountered back in the day. This was fortunately one of those things that I did handle narratively. I did handle it off camera. Mm-hmm, they right. saw the effects without seeing the, the, the incident. Right. They didn't need to know the nitty gritty. Right. It was something, but it was one of those. But now this the is the world to, you now live in. Now the gangrel yeah. knew not to get into misformation. Right, and then, I mean, and 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 there, I've been trying to bring in through this game the the elements of warfare is different now. And had one of the player characters actually explained to a bunch of thousand-year-old vampires the most deadly weapon used in the war and explained why it was, and she pulls out a, a, a coil of barbed wire. And they're like, I don't understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can heal. <laughs> right, but it's right. like, it's wire. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. So Anyway, anyway so the, the, um, some good tips. The other thing I was thinking, if you wanted, if you had like a, a barrage happen, and then it stops, like mm-hmm. like if they're in the middle of it, and all of a sudden, it just stops. I'm assuming there's a bunch of soldiers around. Mm-hmm. There, are none of them in the room with us. We can't really hear them over the thunder, but like we know that. But but once the barrage in ends, camp. Yeah. <laughs> once the barrage ends, suddenly everyone's like, okay, quick, get shore up everything before it starts back up again. Shore it up and expect. <clears throat> The other side to come over the top, right? Because those barrages usually are followed preceded, by right. Yeah, they, they usually are followed by An infantry, infantry charge. charges. Exactly, <clears throat> a very futile infantry charge in many cases, especially, especially at Gallipoli. Yeah, yeah. Or oh my god, yeah. Have you seen the film? Mm-mm. Oh, it's good. It's yeah. yeah, or drum solo. That's what usually happens when it's silent. But uh, <laughs> I was trying to think about when. <laughs> when if I were to translate this to another game, like how would I? Okay, let's say it's D and D, and you're stuck in a dwarven mine. Okay. Yeah, sure. How and would Moria. you, how would you okay. do the whatever it is? How would you make that tension without making it mechanically hinge on the mechanics? How would you? I mean, you, you would have the goblins coming in and sniping you. You would have darkness that you can't see. You and it would mostly be narrative. Maybe best. not even sniping you, but you but you hearing you're hearing little yeah. <laughs> right and, from and all around and you, and you can't from above the sound you. You're hearing ricochets, right? Yeah. 
Um, or, le- or let's take it to um, Traveler, right? How would you make uh, in space no one can hear you scream, right? So you're stuck on a spaceship. There's no air. You're in your vacuum. Oh, that, you that episode air. of Firefly where they the, the, the engine shuts down and they can't... Right. Uh, yeah. That's, they, a, that's they, a great they, one. They're running out of right. air. It's like, right. no, crap. We can't... So, so again, it's mostly narrative. To my mind, I think that you can st- you can have mechanics that way that could happen, but I think that the f- that the you need to you, I don't know maybe sometimes translating it to a game and translating it back might give you some hints on how to deal with this because I, I'm trying to take the same situation and move it into different systems and I, yeah. all of them come out narrative. You, you, yeah. you need yeah. to pin down a few numbers. You need to pin down how many rations they have. Sure, how sure. long they're it's like you and you need to know what what they've got on sure, that sure. so you don't have an argument halfway through the game about no no I had thirty rations. I'm sorry I brought a bunch of blood with me. Yeah. Yeah. So so you want to pin down what the resources are and. Maybe tweak it slightly so that it lasts as long as you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's that wonderful scene in, in Lord of the Rings where they're stuck in that. It, it's a dead end situation. They brought a cave troll yep. and the goblins, but up to them, they didn't know what was coming up. A cave troll. A cave troll. <laughs> they brought a cave troll. You're right. Resource yeah. management. So there's a little bit of resource has, management. Have, we almost never actually deal with resource management in these games. Well, but this can we because there's well, well, that's true. Blood. Yeah. yeah. Hunting <laughs> and you. you <laughs> You've done a quite a few things with us on hunting and having things happen when we're hunting. And especially when especially they walk when out when they walk in territories out. where you don't speak the language. And when they walk out the next <laughs> night to go hunting and everything's is dead. Every language. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right. All right. Yeah, horses anyway. horse is dead, but all right. I, I don't but know. Thank I, you. Thank you for the tips. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking I'll, me. I'll, I'll, I will also be on the uh, I'll, I'll check the forums after this if people have um, suggestions from it's the chat. It's very brave of you to open yourself up like that. I appreciate that. That's really nice. Now, d- 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 Forrest is wondering um, uh, talking about mustard gas and like how trying to imagine how, how difficult it, it or how bad it is. Johnny got his gun. Mm-hmm. Was he was he a mustard gas victim? Do we know? I even? don't know. I don't think we know because he. I think in that original movie, he. Or, I, I are you talking about it. the movie? Or are you I'm talking, talking about, about the, the film? The, very, the early, early I'm, film. I'm, I'm, that's I'm, what I'm talking I'm, about. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it. Oh, the, it's the, terrifying. The only. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The only two World War One movies I've actually seen are Wonder Woman, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Really? Yeah. Uh, the the one with uh, no, Ernest no, Borgnine no, no, and no, uh, what's his um, yeah John Boy, uh, <laughs> but um, the the according to Cyber Everything uh, Johnny hit a landmine yeah that, so it was well. not but in 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 the film it's based on a novel I'm, yeah I believe he has no senses he cannot hear he cannot talk he mm-hmm. cannot see they have like this cardboard sort of mask over his face. Mm-hmm. Throughout the film, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and his well, eyes and are sensory, gone. Yeah, it's all a sensory input thing. But but no, no, he has no eyes. His well, eyes it's based on the. It's based on the mouth. His eyes are yeah. gone. He yeah. has no. He, I mean, and and he, the, most of the dialogue, maybe all of it, is all his internal dialogue, wondering what's going on around him, mm-hmm. with the camera on him. And as people are walking in and wondering what they're doing and who is this person, and it's like a really long Twilight Zone. It, and he's it, just it talking, is. It, yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's awful. it really is. Cerebral, definitely. Yeah. And there's that line in the Metallica song, which is like, "We we figured out what his switching means," and and that's it's like it's like my dinner with Andre with no dinner and no Andre. <laughs> <laughs> my left foot. <laughs> <laughs> mixed with boxing Helena. 
Well, that's kind of hot. Wow. Okay, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that one. But Boxing Helena is the weirdest movie ever. Oh sure? my! Oh, <laughs> that's not fair because that's, that's David Lynch's daughter who directed. And David Lynch has done the weirdest movies ever. So come on, yeah, I saw Home Alone Drive. <laughs> it's a, that's a weird. Come on, movie. come on, Blue Velvet. <laughs> Never saw it. I, I saw Blue Velvet. That's Boxing Helena is way weird. It's, it's about a doctor. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Whatever. Yeah. It's about a. It's about a doctor. <laughs> it's about a doctor who's in love with this woman, and probably we're pretty sure. Fakes a car accident and amputates one of her legs to keep her at his house. And by the end of the film, has amputated all of her limbs. Boxing Helena. Trying to. It's all in the title. Come on. Right? Now give me an idea. (laughs) It, It is so. So wrong. It's it, the wrongest film I've ever seen. Well, it, it's it's. Um, I'll give you an idea. What's, what's, what's the one with what's the one with the, the that uh, what's her name? One the Academy Award for Misery. James. Yes, misery. It's, it's misery taken to the next. Level. Yeah, taken. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Taken yeah, to human centipede levels. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> oh, not quite. But uh, yeah, even. I, but I, it is. It's I, almost like I early cannot. Because I don't want to even imagine you, even you, fapping to that. <laughs> so. <laughs> It, it, it was he so quite a lot, <laughs> or very little. He's, he's a single man. He's a very lonely single man. Now. It was such a disturbing film, uh-huh. and not only, not just what's happening to this woman, and it's all lies. It's all like, oh, I had to take your other leg because there, an infection yeah. had started, and it's all he has these bullshit stories. Yeah, he's he's both cutting her down and gaslighting her, right, and cutting her up. And and the the most screwed up part about it is it ends up working. But still, that's still, the part about it that's still, like uh, spoilers. Oh, Sorry, <laughs> come on, this is a thirty year old film. Mechanically speaking, were there were the, the rules and flowers at all narrative? <laughs> well, it was both. It was actually both because she's losing stats every time she loses a. Uh, there you go. Like this will work. Okay. I can do it. All right, all right. Who's, who's, I read. Tell me. All right, you read. I read. Um, oh, are we skipping who played what this week? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So, um, the the more interesting game I was in in the last. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. The, I was going to go pee, but I'm going to hear you. Got for this. Re- he got a sneak preview. <laughs> okay, the more interesting game I was in in the last week was my Sabat LARP. And I know LARPing, but I, I've got to say this one. Um, we this is had. The Pillars of Salt. This is the Pillars LARP. of Salt. Vampire LARP, this was the Sabat game, and they run Sabat every month, and we run Cam every month. And the two games sort of intersect, but not really. It's not direct PvP between the two games. Ed, who was on the podcast yeah. last week, was is in the Cam game. So it's run by the same people. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, all right. it's all run by the same people. And it's um, the same continuum. It's the same continuum. Right. Same world. Uh, yeah. City-level events will affect both games. Okay. Um, but we generally don't fight each other because there are so many extra enemies. <laughs> well, that um, and you guys would have to then play yourselves. Right, and it's like a, a, quite a few of us don't want to do that, and there's just too much potential for like petty bullshit. So the staff does a really good job of keeping us from degenerating into that. Um, so we had a guest player at the game because um, there was that gaming convention E3 E3 thing. I don't know. I don't care about the game because it's mostly video games. So I don't pay a lot of attention. Uh, but a bunch of the creative team from the World of Darkness was in town for it because... Oh, how cool. Because um, it's still gamers. Sure. And they're working on V5. Sure. And also they're working on this wonderful online tech support program for the LARPs. Yes. With interactive character sheets and stuff. So they were in town to do some demos oh, on no that. Shit. And oh, research. Wow. That's um, awesome. 
And so Pillars is getting to play with it a little bit as some of the beta group. Um, so the head of their creative team... Kenneth Height. Um, no, no. Uh, specifically on the Old World of Darkness stuff. All right. Um, Martin, I believe his name is, um, who is from Sweden or Denmark or one of those lovely countries I mix up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a problem later on tonight. <laughs> he, he came to the Sabat LARP. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, that's dude really who cool. was like, instru- is instrumental in continuing the fact that they are still updating the world level meta plot for Old World of Darkness came to our Sabat game, was handed a gangrel care. Was it a gangrel? I think it was a gangrel um, who had been trapped in the Midnight Circus for 200 years, which is a possibly infernal circus run by people who are so nasty that Sabat say, let's stay away from that. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> and cool. he escaped from that. Ex- so basically, we end up as a sideshow freak. Yes. Um, no, for actually, all eternity. He, he was actually one of the bouncers. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not a bad gig. So it, you don't know pre- which direction people are being bounced. Yeah, but but it's, <laughs> it, it's pretty much something wicked this way comes. Yeah. They blow into town, they you know do a bunch of shit, and they blow it back out they, again. Yeah, they blow into town, they mess everybody yeah. up, they maybe take some sacrifices. Right, right. Um, there's I'm some digging fa- it. And there's some what is it, what is it called? The Midnight Circus. Midnight Circus. Um, if luck. you look up Montreal by Night, which is one of their setting books, <laughs> uh, it's got a section on if it's not the Midnight Circus, it's a similar thing. Also, Montreal by Night is just wonderful atmosphere for the Sabbat anyway. Okay. Um, but this guy came to our LARP, had this character who was escaped from a circus. So when our Toreador in the corset pack... Science Toreador? Uh, no, no. He, he was a Tor- pretty Toreador. But he was in the, the pack of people who wear corsets all the time. And he'd actually gotten somebody to do drag queen makeup for him this game. <laughs> right. Sorry. I forgot. So, it's a LARP, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Sorry. It's a whole different set of rules. Yeah. yeah so, so it's a different set of rules. So he, he had like full, like yeah, amazing yeah. makeup. The person who did it did a and really good job. And in corset training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So the first time this poor circus escapee sees him, he starts screaming about clowns, <laughs> flips out frenzies on him. <laughs> and here's the best part. He was stopped by the Malkavian. <laughs> he's he, not wrong. But no. the, see, the Malkavian's a person person to stop and is like, okay, what you're having right now is what we call in the industry a psychotic episode. <laughs> no, it's played and by he, Ali. It's played by Ali. That's not what she did. Oh my god, no, not Ali. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not Stu's daughter, Ali, by the way. No, no. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And so he ends up groveling at her feet, and he just went all in on the character. Like, it was a joy to watch him LARP. But the real thing that speaks to the quality of Pillars of Salt. He had said in advance, oh, I've got to leave by 10. You know, I'm kind of jet-lagged I'm because he's from Europe, and that's mm-hmm. where he's normally working. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually stayed all the way through to 1130 to play through what was going on in that's the That's awesome. Yeah. That's really so, cool. So it was just, it was... And it, they all took notes, and they were all like, oh, so my gosh. They're yeah. going ha- to have, they're, they're, they're developing online support for, yeah. for Vampire LARPs? Yeah, um, because the Mind's Eye Society, which I believe they have changed their name, but it's... There's a LARP game that is worldwide. I mean, it's literally worldwide. You can take your character from one game to another. So to keep, so yeah, really. yeah, 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 yeah. The LARP, the LARP so on vampires. So that really is, it really yeah. is an organized play. Yeah, thing so on that's not what Pillars is level. part of. Right. But there is a truly organized play for the LARP. So that way you can have your character sheet, and it's monitored by the storytellers. But you can take your character sheet to any city because you've got this online record of it. Because um, the cities will interact with each other. If people travel, go on vacation with the right timing, they can go play in a game in another city. That kind we, of we have a whole show to do here, yeah. but but I actually That's love to pick like your brain. Cool I have idea. one last question. Do you think it's fair to say that vampire 
was responsible for the huge LARP or even the word LARP coming uh, about because I, it I existed think it's, it existed before. But I, I think it started L- with SCA. L- LARP LARP was actually coined by uh, Ringworld. Uh, uh, what's his name? We had lunch with him. Larry Niven. Larry Niven. Larry Niven. It was coined by him in a novel that he wrote. It, it, yeah, it, live action role play. But yeah. is it yeah. fair to say the vampire? Um, I they th- popularized it. it. I think it really pushed it because the game was getting all the attention, especially because of that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kindred. so people Kindred the Embraced Kindred yeah. the Embraced Which you can still find on DVD If you look for it um, And people were curious about it So some of them found the LARP uh, As a more accessible thing than I, just, I can totally see game. that yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally can And I was, yeah. it's really interesting to me That as opposed to I guess people spoke Elvish or whatever But they never actually got into the whole Well AOKP, but they, but it didn't go global like the vampire thing did Yeah I mean, well, it, I mean it really I, I think off. that has a lot to do with the fact that for the most part, vampire is not going to include anything in it that's going to require learning a <laughs> huge plot budget. Fair enough, or, or a huge prop budget, or or or. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, there are people who generally spend, speaking, spend ridiculous. There are, co- especially their yeah, makeup. There's also I mean, people that don't. Like if you're having, a, if you have a you fantasy world one, I, I'd say, okay, okay, how are we going to do the dragon? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? You oh, don't yeah. have to worry old, about old things school, like that. Early '90s vampire LARP or late '90s, I guess, is when I saw it. You just um, went down. The, to the uniform was a black trench coat. Everybody went, showed. Right. Yeah. All the guys showed up in black trench coats. They might have put on ties. They might not have. The women got a lot more creative. And with the their plastic outfits. fangs. You went down to Hot Topic. Well, no, yeah. you didn't do the fangs. That's not great. Yeah, and back then, Hot Topic actually sold clothing that would really be appropriate instead of just nerdy. Yeah, right. um, the this goth be, community. This might be was something to explore, especially later, after the crow. Actually, I actually want to know about that. I mean, we oh yeah, the crow after yeah. the movie, the crow. Oh yeah, 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 perfect. Brandon Lee and all that. Yeah, yeah I mean that. W- but um, also, vampire specifically got really tied into the goth subcultures. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Trench so, coats have always been cool. I mean, the Nazis yes. really brought them into into <laughs> vogue, but but they've always been cool. I mean, even cowboys. It was cool before the Nazis. Even, all right, even cowboys Dick riding Tracy. around in all right. their, in their <laughs> Right? I'm just I saying. I believe those are called dusters. The can, shadow. Excuse me. The shadow. Yeah. Oh, well, the no, shadow. He wore a cape. Yeah. He wore a cape. Totally. Uh, uh, no, he had The he had spirit. He had it. Spirit. spirit as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I love Tracy. that horse movie. Uh, um, how, uh, um, Sam Spade. Yeah. Sam yeah. Spade. You know, all this stuff. So, yeah. trench coats, raincoats, dusters, however you want to call them. Anyway, yeah. Anything past the knee. There awesome. is a reason why totally I cool. own a leather trench coat, yes. Exactly. So I can <laughs> borrow two. it when I forget my jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we actually have stuff to read so. One second Oh yeah? To respond to somebody on something Well, I'm just, I, I don't know if it's Yeah uh, If we have time, by the way, I've looked over some of the V5 stuff Because they released the open beta, you can just download it off Drive oh, okay. mm-hmm. I've looked over some of it, so if we have time at the end I've, I've <laughs> barely glanced oh, I'm, I'm I actually downloaded the LARP Version of the Vampire 20th Anniversary It's about yeah. the same size as the regular Vampire book. It's it might bigger. be even bigger. It's, it yeah. is bigger. It, it's more um, on the size of the Mage book. No, but I, I'm not even close. I'm never going to get another print-on-demand um, book from White Wolf Onyx Path. I'm like, well, because some of them are much thinner. Most it's not the expense. Thinner. I don't mind spending to have the, the actual physical book, but every time I get one, they announce a new edition. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> That's a fair point. Right. I invested. That's a fair point. I I have I have Werewolf twenty, Vampire twenty, and Mage twenty. We're going to be taking a test because because we diss oh. on D and D, but White Wolf is pissing me off too because every time I start buying all their crap, then they 
And, and it really looks like five is not going to be Vinny. backward five, compatible. Five has some, yeah, has oh. some huge changes. It's yeah. pissing me off. This is the whole thing with Stormbringer and RuneQuest. And, oh, they had that system, and they went to the point where if you want to play a version of Stormbringer, they have like three or four, and then they have to start over again, and they rename them. Rename. I mean, it's so confusing. Yeah. Fuck you. I just want to play your goddamn game. Stop making it so hard. I would really myself, and you know what? Making making indexes is hard. It is. It, it's a hard thing. It's a hard oh, thing to yeah, do. Yeah. But but please do it. it. <laughs> please do it. Seventy five percent of the time, when I'm trying to look up something in one of the Onyx Path books, it's not in the index. And if you have a PDF, <laughs> the index is full of all kinds of words. Please. There's like eight or nine pages of them. Yeah, but not the ones I'm looking for. Please, well, please make twenty is the first time they've had an index. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that's true. A lot of well, that, you know, a, a lot of games, are, a lot of game companies. Are, okay, yeah. so you know what? Indexes are hard. They really are. If you, you know, if you do, if you do your formatting right in Microsoft Word, Microsoft Word will generate the index for you. Yeah, but then you have to. I know this because I'm in the process of doing it right now. Uh-huh. Then you have to go. And when you go into the layout program and put everything in it, all your page numbers change. Yeah. And so you have to then... It's Make like, sure okay, that do you auto-update the which index. Is, how do you auto-update the index when you're no longer using Microsoft Word? Oh. Well, all right. <laughs> That's, That's where you tell your kids you'll 22. give them a quarter Stop every time using. they find something that's wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I don't know how to... I'm, I'm for And Moment of Truth is only going to be... It's you know half size. It's only going to be about 75 pages. Maybe a little less than that. But I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to generate an index. I don't want to have to go through page by page. And right, your kids. So, uh, my kids, cheap labor. <laughs> advice request and a prophecy. Oh, advice request for a prophecy. He's not actually sending us a prophecy. You were doing that in a very Christopher Walken kind of way there. With advice request. Prophecy. Prophecy. Advice <laughs> request. <laughs> prophecy. From Sam from... Lakewood. Hi. You want to read a different one? Then. I know. Newest listener with a question for the group. <laughs> Walking kills me every time. Even and I'm not even that good I at know. it. It just kills me. Where's Tyler? I know. I'm GMing. I miss Tyler. I'm I'm GMing a great rogue trigger trader trigger trader RPG. I'm attaching example handouts from a couple of adventures for tone and style. I, they're not here. Um, where the overall plot revolves around the crew getting ready uh, to fight. A large fleet of Chaos Plague Marines headed slowly towards their home planet. This represents a very significant threat to the party, and if taken head-on, would almost certainly be a TPK, be in TPK territory. Not to mention total ship kill, total planet kill, total sector kill, etc. So it's pretty much the Reavers of the yeah. Rogue. If they're moving slowly, I bet they can outrun them and get far enough away to survive. Right. <laughs> yeah, but if it's total planet kill, total sector kill, go to another <laughs> sector. Go to another sector. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the end of us ever done for us? I happen to be one of the idiots that lives here. <laughs> <laughs> Where I keep my stuff. I planned on giving the PCs a significant leg up in planning by having them rescue a psyker, psyker, uh, who had had a vision prophecy about a fight leading the PCs to a secret base of the Chaos Fleet and letting them ambush slash weaken slash sabotage the fleet before the final confrontation. This Psyker was hiding on a Space Hulk. Mm, Hulk smash. <laughs> space Hulk smash. I love the names in all this. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. totally unfamiliar oh, yeah. with Rogue Trader, but yeah, this is... Uh, which was infested with... Tyranids. Tyranids. Uh, think alien xenomorphs, only psychic with acid cannons, as opposed to acid blood. Best yeah, they- puppies ever! <laughs> 
the problem I ran. The, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Rogue Trader and all those games. They don't do anything by half measure. No. <laughs> Yo, well, this is Games Workshop, right? Uh, yeah, ships <laughs> the size of planets. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rogue Trader is off of is Warhammer 30k. Yeah. Yes, 20, it is. Yes. 40k. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one called? Uh, there was another one they came out with that had a religious name to it. What it was called? Yes. Uh, There's another big thick book. Yeah, uh, I bet it was either Crusade something or Inquisition. Something. No, no, no. It was. Um, <laughs> You're right, though. It, it is. It, it's basically the much Inquisition in space. It's pretty much it. But uh, oh, okay, I heard about that one. They will. They will. They'll come up in a minute. All right. Tappy was big into it, and uh, yeah, he was the only one I think of us that's ever played it. So yeah. Uh, the problem. The, the problem I ran into is that after realizing what they were up against. Uh, in the Space Hulk, the PCs made the call that Tyranids were too scary, so they abandoned the rescue mission. Sound familiar, Kurt? <laughs> they actually they <laughs> were presented with a really scary situation. What did they do? They ran. They used common sense. Why would players ever do that? <laughs> What's wrong with them? This is still working. This is not working. Uh oh. Interesting. Are we not. No, no, we're streaming fine. Okay. It's just that. <laughs> Some internet went away, but not all of it. All right, um, they're too scary, so they abandoned the rescue mission. They were going to come back shortly for with reinforcements, but then they accidentally vaporized the space Hulk while fighting Tyranid. Accidentally mm. vaporized the space like, Hulk. Well, sure, yeah, <laughs> like you do. It's a beautiful sentence. <laughs> English language is a glorious. Well, let's thing. put a pin that because whose fault is it for having them vaporize it? Whose fault is it for letting them vaporize it? Yeah, right, exactly. Why would, okay, let's put a pin in the fact uh, that depending on actually, if it's based off of Warhammer 40k, then it's probably extremely strict about how botches work. I understand, but there's <laughs> many, many ways that a botch can happen other than getting rid of your. Well, let's put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> Moving on. Vaporize the Space Hulk. Vaporize the Space Hulk while the Tyranid ships immediately, uh, while fighting the Tyranid ships immediately after, removing any chance of the Psyker slash Prophecy surviving. I'm in a bit of a bind now. Yes. The PCs desperately need this information to fight off the Chaos Fleet, but they literally blew the information up with plasma torpedoes after knowingly abandoning the risk a risky but doable rescue mission to retrieve said information. They didn't know it was doable. I, you can scare players. Yes. You can totally <laughs> scare players. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I tried to spoon feed them some information through my the, so evil cultists who also had... Why are they got to be evil? Who also... Had, uh, why are you always dissing on evil, evil people? Who also <laughs> Good had access, Come on. Who also had access to the information, but the PCs refused to make... The the evil deal. This is 40k dealing with heretics is a big no no, so it makes sense character wise. Uh, and the cultists ran into hiding. The other game is something heresy. Dark, Dark heresy. heresy. Dark heresy. Thank you. Dark heresy. Dark heresy. So how can I reasonably get this information to my PCs so they have a chance against this chaos fleet? I like giving real choice and consequences to my PCs. So I realize, are they just screwed, or is there a workaround to let them logically get the prophecy back and save? Their world. Thank you, Sam from Lakewood. Someone, t- the obvious answer. So obviously, the psychic knew he was going to be killed and sent the prophecy another way. Yeah, because Ob- he's psychic. Obviously, there's <laughs> other psychics around. I mean, take take a take a note from Fifth Element, right? I mean, there's a prophecy that's written down in stone that the priests were going after, and the Fifth Element showed up. She she reaffirmed all of that, but and yet, if if she had died, which she actually did. There's other ways you can get that other. Another psyker can have the same 
envisioned. I, yeah, I was having. Uh, I actually get an email from the from the the blue singer who says, "I have something for you. I have some bricks in my chest. In you my want chest to take them out. Like me. So the other. So yeah, I, I actually jotted down so a couple of notes on this one. First of all, one of the things that we talk about on Happy Jacks all the time is. Um, one of the things we talk about on Hypertext all the time, if the information is vital to your players, figure out a way to give it to them. Yeah. That it, yeah. Some way, right? Maybe the Psyker had a partner. Maybe he had an escape pod. You know, something. Or, this is a sci-fi situation, right? They can intercept some sort of communique that either indicates that there is this secret base or indicates, hey, there's something weird about this location, um, sort of gets them on the track. Right. Randomly triggering, triggering a distress signal is classic for this genre, I think. Oh, I th- yeah. believe so, yeah. It's, you know, Somebody it, 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 accidentally something that sort of maybe we should check this out kind of thing, right. and it's not nearly what... They're expecting it to be, and it will be this. Oh my gosh! This is the key to the entire goddamn war, right? That this is it, oh, right? Yeah. Or maybe, we're gonna be heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can work the plot around so they find yeah. it without knowing it's important before they go. Yeah, um, you could also have your game get much darker. And have it turn into uh, trying to set up uh, a refugee situation. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no solution. They have to go either guide a ship of refugees or negotiate for refugees to leave the sector now because they don't have any way to save it. In fact, right. it could become a thing where they're going to start setting this up and in doing one of their runs, maybe they'll find the chance to save the sector after all. But you could take it on a really like, potentially dark twist for a while. Absolutely. Um, if, uh, if which you would think work for... For 40k, yeah. Yeah, I mean, assuming that your your party will accept the less than shining success, because I, I will say there are some gaming groups where they are in there to win, oh, and sure. if they're not winning, they're not having fun. So you know, you have to know your audience. But no, you could do some really dark, um, you know, losing less badly story arcs with this. Now, sure. Um, where nobody's a hero, but maybe there's some survivors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you have a lot of options here. Um, where it's just what kind of what kind of story do you want to tell? Right, I, 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 I I'm just thinking of there's dozens of other ways to convey this information. It doesn't have to be a prophecy. It could be you could find the plans to the Death Star. How did the Psyker come to know about the prophecy? Did he write it down? What did he see it written down? Did on he something? tell anyone else about it? Did he right. see it? Did he decode it from some cryptic uh, message? Engraved on the wall of some temple on the you know third planet off of the fourth star. Maybe it wasn't his <laughs> prophecy; it was someone else's prophecy well, that Jesus happened. And there's one that in the universe. I, I, my thought was, I mean, you could, you could easily do a uh, a droid escape pod thing where yeah. he's just been flying around. And he finally yep. he's like, "I'm running on oxygen. I'm going to try it one more." And he gives a blast and gives the information to the player characters before he dies. I mean, there's there, as you said, there are ways to, to convey yep. the information. Yeah. If but it's if if you have really ham if you really feel like you've hamstrung yourself, I I, th- I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I think that you are underestimating your players and yourself. There's many ways to get this information to them, and I think that they will be more than willing to get it to them. Yeah, or, but, to, but to he also it. said he he likes consequences. I get it. So that's why I'm saying 
maybe you have to start setting up refugee situations now, and you'll stumble onto the answer later. But let them feel like they lost yeah. something sure. for a little I, bit. Sure. Yeah, I will remind. Yeah. I will remind Sam from Lakewood that yes, the players may have painted you into a corner. As the GM, you decide where the walls are. I would say your psychers, your psychers' energy has been transferred to a three-year-old girl that they rescued. And she is very, very cool and comes up and has all this information to them and they don't understand how to deal with it. And she just spouts all this stuff from them because and part maybe, of his psyche, after he died, and if she may, maybe if you're, if, you're, duck. if you're yep. if you're concerned <laughs> There you go. If you're concerned about, you know, consequence and things like this, it may be harder to understand it may be harder to understand the prophecy. Um, so, you know, if it's the three-year-old girl, for instance, that you just uh, suggested, mm-hmm. then uh, the prophecy is coming out in chunks out of order. Mm-hmm. Right? It's actually coming out in nursery rhymes. It's coming out coming in nursery out rhymes. Rhyme. Yeah. It, it could even be, even if the psyche is dead, he could still, but his psyche yeah. is still floating around, so you still get in chunks. I don't know. There, there are ways to disseminate there are this absolutely ways if of you disseminate. actually feel like you've put yourself into a corner. I get it, the consequences, and I get it sometimes you can't see the force of the trees, and I get it sometimes it feels like a deus machina. But your players sometimes just throw them a fucking bone. Yeah. yeah. Your but players might actually think you're like, oh, thank God. There, there's one, there was one line that I remember now. First time I was reading uh, one of the D&D books. I don't remember which uh, edition it was. doesn't matter. There was a line in there. This is something that you should remember. Player characters are exceptional. Mm-hmm. These are not normal people. Right. These are not your run-of-the-mill, everyday, you know, go-about their yeah, lives yeah, kind of person. That's, that's and that probably are doubly so in 40K. Are, yeah. Right. They are exceptional. They're, and in that, except, in, in that exact sense, exceptions are made for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, and I think that as sometimes as a GM, we like to think that the players can navigate and, and tell their own story and work it out. But occasionally, and, I, and I'm, as a player, as a, I'm a professional player, as a preferred player, you get paid. I love and beer. I love to have a a big juicy plot bone to hang on to. Now I may not grab onto it. I may only grab parts of it. I may grab onto it for a while and then drop it and move on. But I don't mind it. I don't mind seeing it. I don't mind having it there. Even Please, as a GM, don't stop throwing bones or plot hooks at me. Yeah. Only because I, I, people think that suddenly your plot hook is a, is a four-letter word, and I don't think it is. It's, it's actually, a plot hook, not a railroad. It's actually two four-letter two four four words. Two four-letter words. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> also, Stark, that whole metaphor became really interesting because I heard boner the first time, not bone. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I may, I may, I may have I, had a couple of beers. I, I, I think may what have he said was throw them a bone or two. <laughs> bone or two. <laughs> and throw them a bone or two. <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, your gang girl is a porn star. <laughs> In hindsight, that's he a strange have been a expression, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? DV uh, Fallacy. Speaking of porn stars, Fallacy. Go I ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, D&D Fallacy and a DM Conundrum from Kaitor. Fallacy. I'm, go- I'm going with Kaitor because that just sounds really badass. Um, Kaitor. So I guess this is a prescript because yeah. it's before the deer. Right. Uh, please read when both Stu and Stork are on as they are the worst defenders of the D&D Fallacy. There you go. Then fallacy. drink. Those two will probably need it. <laughs> then drink. Okay. 
you can start drinking now if you would like to warm up for drinking. Um, the, the okay, look. Uh, <laughs> this is the pre-drink drinking. Uh, dear Doctor Duschenstein and his monsters. <laughs> Hairball. Dangle. <laughs> Just stork. Yeah. Uh, been listening for almost Feathers. two years, but have finally been driven to write in by several emails and host comments over the last few. Oh, weeks. our evil plot is working. We piss people off <laughs> enough, they write in. Nice. <laughs> It's been working for years. Eight mail. <laughs> uh, That's it right. seems like every time D and D gets brought up by a listener or a host feels they can score some cheap points by comparing something cheap. to by cheap. Com- well, yeah, all right. You're not paid. I mean, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, by comparing something to a bad system in D and D, the next month of the show becomes intolerable as everyone feels the need to circle jerk off the dead horse. Oh, <laughs> circle. Jerk off the dead horse. That's it. I like though. No, it, he's mixing metaphors, but I really like the imagery. It's, it's I, interesting. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm digging okay. it. I'm Visual. digging it. So I propose to the expert debaters of the Happy Jacks RPG. Hey, podcast. hey, hey, hey! We are master debaters. Thank you for the setup. I appreciate that. Hey-o. Expert debaters isn't working. I propose that we implement the D and D fallacy. Logical fallacy Noun, an error in reasoning that results in argument invalid Notable examples, ad hominem, personal attacks Bandwagon fallacy, argument only appealing because of growing popularity Red herring, uses irrelevant information or other techniques to distract from the argument and attract bears Thank you Nice, that was a nice addition, I like that Thank you Uh, Which one is the straw man argument? You try to straw man is a, is a straw man. Uh, he I, doesn't have the straw man listed. All right. Yeah. But he, he was just giving a few lovely examples. All right. Uh, the D&D fallacy. Anytime someone, host or writer, feels the need to reference D&D as part of their argument, the argument they are making immediately is considered weak and not for further discussion. Hmm. The problem, of course, is that sometimes people write in asking for advice about D&D, so then that invalidates the entire yeah, letter. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no longer need to. I'll put my spines back down. Go ahead. I, no, she said it. She no, said it so much nicer no, I, than we could have. There's a. I know. I think there's already a fallacy. Oh, I'm sorry. Let, let me finish this small Go section. Ahead. Hopefully, this can save many a horse weeks of beating and sexual abuse. What are we going to talk about from week to week for two and a half hours? Wait, time? there's more. Bit, but that that is um, a the next part. Okay. That, yeah, it's part of the same email. But yeah. so, if we want to finish the email, we can, or we can okay. we can discuss this part and then let's go, go ahead and read the next part. I believe he's reinventing the wheel. I'm. I believe the fallacy and, he's talking about. And he's putting a dead horse in front of it to exists. pull it. Already exists. Yeah. I'm looking up a list of logical fallacies right now. <laughs> okay. I but, cannot remember but what it's specific- called. He specifically wants to ban D and D. If you want to start using Savage Worlds instead, you're fine. <laughs> Nice straw man. <laughs> <laughs> why was why was that a straw man what? argument? Yes, is yes. that what it is? You, why, you set that's, up another one. To that's what misstating someone's argument and then knocking it down, which why, is basically why what he's interesting. No, okay. he's, he's really specific about D and D here. Yes, he is. You're right. <laughs> yes. why, why why set it for Savage Worlds when Fatal is available? <laughs> why problem make when, when you no, no problem, problem have you don't want to make. make. <laughs> Now, impenance for for attacking the host of such an illustrious show such as this. I offer a conundrum my group's DM went through last year. He's a conundrum. Our setting was players trapped inside a VR MMO, similar to Sword Art Online or Log Horizon. 
What? I, I don't know any of those MMOs, which is actually awesome. But I love Sword Art Online is a is a an anime. Okay, I gather it has a sword in it. it has World to be of Warcraft anime. actually would also be a perfect right, good right. But I think it, the, the oh, well, I, and I don't know I'm, Log I'm, Horizon. I'm going to assume it's anime as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not familiar it's with. It's got the word Horizon. In it. It's yeah. got to be anime. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> one of our players grew bored of their original character and created a new one who was supposed to be an NPC within the game, not controlled by a human player. That was joined up with the party. Uh, all was going well for about three weeks when another one of the players decided to go all Matrix and went into the source code to meet the creator of the game. Like you do, right? Which, honestly, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, While mucking around in the source code, he found the flag that determined if an avatar was a PC or an NPC. Oh, right, so just like out of Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. 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 He's like, oh, here's the... I found the glitch. Right. Uh, With the best intentions of helping his friend have all the rights and privileges of a PC... He flipped the flag and left the source code to go back into the game. I don't remember why now, but there was no going back in. Uh, with stunned silence, this is where the session ended. Why was it? Okay, why would that be stunned silence? As everyone but this player realized, he had just assassinated his friend with no chance to save. Why? As there was no player to control the avatar, and the system would no longer control the now not an NPC. Okay. He had rendered his te- his friend for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Brain dead. <laughs> oh, because the GM didn't want to make a GMPC. No. No. Um, all, uh, all of the players are playing mm-hmm. PC mm-hmm. characters within an MMO, mm-hmm. which assumes that those characters are mm-hmm. being controlled mm-hmm. by some meta mm-hmm. uh, human Entity. outside the game. You are meta deciding entity. that they're going to go I, run into I, the zone I, they're not high I, enough I level. Yeah, so by going into the source code and creating and, and taking this, this NPC who's controlled by code mm-hmm. and flipping the flag, meaning you are now mm-hmm. a PC, there has to be some meta entity outside the game controlling it. No, there isn't. no, that PC just appears and stands there while all the fights go around them. But they, the how many, how many times have, yeah. have you gone AFK, go take a pee, yeah. and you come back and the battle is like Except gone by? There's our solution. Yeah. <laughs> there's our solution. All right, the the, the setup here is you are permanently now AFK. Yeah. They're just going to stand there going dirt exactly. dirt the whole time. Until, until you bring another player in. Yeah. Right. Um, un- until there's somebody to control it, which if this character's not assigned I, to I a player. I guess that's what he's saying. For all intents and purposes, it's yeah. branded. You're permanently AFK. Yeah. All right. So, Copy. So what should a DM do here? Ignore the chain of events with rational cause and effect to spare a player? Or force the player to go back to making another character only three weeks after one, his last one left the game due to no fault of his own? Discuss. Oh, I have thoughts. But well, my thought. Finish yeah, it out. Oh. Uh, Kaitor, not yet on the forums. P.S. Obligatory P.S. Or did the prescript already cover that? P.P.S. If this hasn't already made your spe- head spin, drink. I'll drink anyway. So I would just say, like I just said, you, you uh, now a new PC appears in the battlefield, and because they haven't actually got their flag up, they're not going to be affected, and they just stand there. And it's then marked. when somebody dies, it's like you know what? We have a fairly a, a very functional PC ready to go. It's Mark the Red. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody who's seen Dead Gentleman Productions' original The Gamers yeah. movie, it's Mark the Red, who's, you know, this guy who's, he, he's, the player couldn't make it to the game session because he's got a date, so mm-hmm. he his character's like, don't forget, he's part of the party, so... Oh, the guy just stands there. Right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. stands there. Stand there. And then the player shows up mm-hmm. for, like, five minutes. And then it gets a phone call from his girlfriend and goes away again. Right, exactly, yeah. It's there, there, the there's also one uh, with the the it was uh, I think it was a Canadian group and they get their their game. We we, yes. we watched it. We yes, watched it. So I remember that one. Yeah. And, and he plays this bard, but there was a guy I think that was with them the Boba entire Fett? time. 
Boba yeah, Fett. B- Boba Fett. But I think there was a guy that was with him the entire time who just he was on the phone or whatever and couldn't right. play his character. So his character was always standing in the background while the battle would just, oh, just went on. Me. And, just and, skip me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, my solution to this is well, he became a PC. That means this character was just created by a player. Mm-hmm. So what you, you have to have player buy-in on this, mm-hmm. and I it, I don't know. It sounds like with this concept, he'd have player buy-in on it. Sounds like the players w- would go for this. You say, okay, you are now instead of being controlled by the computer and having this internal and consistent logic, you're now controlled by you're, you're a PC now. So you're controlled by this random PC, and come up with a concept, <gasps> come up with an idea for the player, the person who is playing this video game. So character. dramatic, Kurt. So that now it's like, well, maybe this player before had been the super serious, I don't know, dragon handler. Now all of a sudden, this is actually controlled by a 14-year-old girl. So you're, you have a little conversation with them. You, it's like, we're going to pick a so new... So you're going to make that one player play two players? No, or you're, you're going to say, pick, a, pick some personality quirks to suddenly appear. Because now instead of being controlled by the computer's logic processor, you're being controlled by... A person with these biases. It's very Westworlds. So you end up with like this really weird meta layer, and the other players have to figure out that something is wrong with their friend or changed about their friend, but they don't know what it is at first. And that could be really fun. Like, okay, I just I, I'm writing right now. I'm writing a character in my head that I want to play. To be completely <laughs> honest, it's like I would so run with that as a player, and where it's like you have a personality change now because there's a different source controlling this person, influencing this person's behaviors. I really like that idea, and and just because I'm familiar with MMOs a little bit, um, oftentimes NPCs are, I mean NPCs are, are are controlled by code. They have a script and everything like that. But um, you do have um, people who work for the company that runs the MMO. For want of a better example, we're going to use Blizzard. <laughs> because I know people who work and have worked for Blizzard in this capacity that they can come in and essentially edit an NPC from their from the back end. So flip the flag from NPC to PC and the PC the the meta entity that I was describing before is a disgruntled employee. Oh who has just hysterical. taken over control right, right. of this NPC <laughs> because I don't know he had a bad day at work right. or you know he 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 working he's working in in QA or or you know quality whatever it's 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 or whatever it is quest advice he just exactly. gets dumped by his girlfriend exactly. and he just wants to or, kill or shit. just he he took one too many customer service calls sure. and he's flipped his lid right. and, you know, and he's just like, this is how I'm choosing to get back at the world. It's non-destructive. Nobody's gonna get hurt. But I just can't stand these people anymore. <laughs> I know. With, I know. With EverQuest, the original EverQuest, they actually you were uh, the developers could jump into NPCs yeah. and oh, control yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. and occasionally exactly. they would have these events. Yep. Where suddenly yep. the dwarves that were just standing outside would like come to life and set up a plot, and you were like, yep. "What the fuck just happened?" Yep. So the basically GMs would come in and take over NPCs, but that still doesn't <laughs> dissolve the fact that now the GM is still having to play a piece. No 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 no, 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 no. It's the GM is giving the player a way to keep this character concept, mm-hmm. but to use vampire as an example because I don't know the system at all, you've got to change the character's archetype. 
Okay. Your nature and demeanor would change. Yeah, yeah your nature right. and or demeanor. Or your nature, maybe not your demeanor. Your, right. Or maybe your demeanor. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, right, pick one. Exactly. And, and you have a slight, <coughs> slightly different personality or some new personality quirks, or maybe you've got a derangement added onto the character because it's not controlled by a logical entity anymore. Because to my mind, this is the perfect way to bring a new player into your game. Well, they've already got the player. Yeah, and it's the player. I know, but they can add another player. And the player had just switched characters three weeks before, so it was kind of like... He had specifically created... My interpretation of this is that at some level... The player character, the, the characters that the actual physical players are portraying, at some Tron-like level, know that they're controlled by a user. Yes, right. And but but this guy, he had says just, the player just lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had just lost his his character. He had you know, uh, he created a new character. Thing. He had created a new character. And for three weeks, he, this new character was intentionally an NPC. Okay. Right? There was no user that, right. using th- that was behind this character. And now, flag's been flipped. Mm-hmm. Now there is a user. And it's, you know, a disgruntled employee or a 14-year-old girl or whatever who has been able to contro- take control. Now this, this, this guy was character the that he's been playing... was the quest giver. Right. Now this player that he's been playing who was not supposed to be... Controlled by a user now is. I'm my, I'm kind of blowing my own mind by actually citing Tron as a literary device. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's it's also the equivalent of Neo going from being yeah, like when he awakened and, yeah, and yeah, being awakened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's the way I'm playing it. Yeah, which is all of a sudden the rules of the game don't matter anymore. He's he can actually jump in and out. Right. Well, they're trapped inside, so they can't jump in and out. Well, but that's yeah. how I interpret it. Yeah, he yeah. just decided to go on Matrix. I, I, yeah. That's how I'm... Yeah. But, uh, I get it. There's some details yeah. missing, and there's probably a couple of ways to do this. So, I mean, in answer to your question, what should a GM do here, or DM do here? Talk to the uh, player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a couple of options. I'm, I I think that he's just created a great new PC for when there's a DPK, and, well, here's one here. Or... Uh, let the player decide which one they want to play. I mean, yeah, like as you say, they've they've created a conundrum. The players need to figure it out. My point is that the the your the the fallacy he said fallacy is this this concept that he has rendered his friend brain dead. Mm-hmm. His friend is not brain dead. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, that is an erroneous assumption. What has actually happened is that someone has now taken act. Some user has actually taken. You've made control. me into a real boy. There you go. It's Pinocchio. Right. Yeah. It's Pinocchio. It's what you've just done to her. No, mind. it's the Rook. The Rook. Oh, oh, you haven't read it yet. No, I haven't. Okay, fantasy novel came out a couple years ago. Daniel O'Malley is the author. Um, the book opens with a letter. Dear you. I used to be in your body, but I'm gone now, and you're in charge. And the book opens with this person coming to in a park, surrounded by corpses wearing disposable gloves, all wearing those blue latex gloves, um, who has no memory of life. Like, they still have a whole bunch of practical knowledge, they know how to drive a car, they know how to speak English, um, but they don't have any memories. And the That's such a great way to start any game. I know, right? And the and Pretty the, sure I've but the, the game entire premise of the book is figuring out 
why the memories are gone. And you also happen to be a super-powered operative for a James Bond-like thing in England. So you're trying to cover the fact that it's you Jason are... It's Bourne. Yeah, yeah, it, no. is. it is. It's the Bourne it's, ultimatum. It, yeah. it's, it, it's not a high-action thing. It's actually, there's a lot of bureaucracy and, and very office-level intrigue going on. Office-level intrigue. Thank wow. you for that. <laughs> no, more, more that. I'm going to do a role-playing game with office-level intrigue. Except that one of your co-workers <laughs> is one mind with four bodies. I love one of your co-workers is an incredibly efficient I, No, secretary. I get it. I'm still totally um, geeking out of office yeah. level intrigue. Because I, 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 I love movies like that, my, too. My book club just read it. We haven't discussed it yet. Love so I'm, I'm super high on this book right now. But no, what, what we're describing is maybe you don't even remember the rest of your plot anymore. Sure. Because <laughs> random right. character <clears throat> took it over, didn't read any of the lore for the world. Um in There's fact, a couple of ways to go with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like like it. Hopefully, we've offered up one that he likes. But also, the rook, Daniel O'Malley, <laughs> super good book, Sounds highly cool. recommend. The, when you talked about office level intrigue, <laughs> um, the, the I, I tried to get through L. Ron Hubbard's Mission oh, Earth series. Oh God, which is a ten volume science fiction series. Yeah, I can't read L. Ron Hubbard anyway. I just it doesn't work for me. It was. Uh, it, Come to our camp. He's, <laughs> he's not a not a, not a good guy. No, and you can tell that by his opinions of other people while you're reading the book. However, the first book and a half, and these are big books, yeah, is about an agent in an alien world who works for whatever the apparatus. I think it's called the apparatus. The, uh, is going to be going on a mission to Earth, and. Not all of it, but a good portion of the first book, maybe the first two books, is him setting up dead man switches and all kinds of stuff so his other office workers don't screw him while he's gone. Literally, this is how deep into paranoia this character is. Wow. And, it, and it goes on and on. He's like, well, I set this up and I did this thing. And, then, and, then, and, then, and he's trying to, and he, of course, he's also trying to screw the people he's going with. Mm-hmm. But... It's it's like they don't get to Earth until like book three or four. It's all of the rest of it is prep. Him in his it's a, office. It's a Shadowrun game. Figuring out. Okay, uh, no, that's that's a heist way, game. That's way more boring than a Shadowrun. Game. Yeah, it's like okay, so and so over there. He doesn't like me, and he might try to take my desk. I don't know if it was that minor, but. So I'm going to set something up, and he and then he goes out and tries to find information he can use to blackmail him, and then sets a device in the mail trap, the little mail slot thing that will drop the mail if he doesn't come in and put in a certain code in the next like year. It, it, it and, and it, that's the one example, but it, it's it's crazy. That is office level intrigue on a level that it it's almost. Um, it reminds me of a Terry Gilliam film. Mm. Uh, Brazil? <laughs> Brazil, yes. It reminds me of Brazil. If Brazil had been like 80 hours long. <laughs> you did not fill out form 2232Z. What? 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 <laughs> Look what you've done to him! Yeah, it's all about filling out forms. It's very pretty. Yeah. And, and, that, uh, that's uh, Asterix and the 12 Tasks of Hercules. Yes. <laughs> I, and, and, and Kaitor, thank you for the email. Yeah. I believe the fallacy you're looking for is the genetic fallacy. The which? Genetic fallacy. Okay. Is it, a fallacy. A small it is a fallacy of irrelevance 
where a conclusion is suggested based solely on someone or something's history, origin, or source, uh, rather than its current meaning or context. It overlooks any difference to be found in the present situation, typically transferring a positive or negative esteem from the earlier context. Genetic fallacy? I believe the genetic fallacy is what you're talking about. You may call it the D&D it, fallacy, it, but I believe that is, it, as, it, that's pretty close. It's the... the is that the uh, um, no? Uh, Have a beer. It, it's yeah. It's it, it's not. Never mind. I, I All right. Great EC debate from Joe. This oh, fallacy God. therefore fails to assess a claim on its merit. Yeah, which is w- really what he's talking about. Yeah. Dear Happy Jack's crew, drink. I'm out. I'm out. New ish like list. Here, I started uh, around episode eighteen, episode thirteen, and in that time, have nearly, I've also nearly finished up to season twelve. Oh God, I picked the long one, didn't I? Perhaps oh. uh, in the intervening sessions, this has come up. But in regards to the great AC debate, <sighs> have you tried Earth Dawn? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that answered that. It recently came out in 1993, and the uh, fourth edition was just released a couple of years ago. It is the prequel world for Shadowrun. Uh, really? Or, or it was when both the games were owned by FASA. Oh. Uh, but previously established links still exist, but that's only as important as the GM wants it to be. I bring this up in part because Earthdom made a point to explain a lot of the RPG tropes that D&D treats as metagame material. How does a fighter explain that he's 10th level? Why is our abandoned dungeons full of evil monsters and magical goodies? The main reason, uh, though, is that Earthdawn doesn't have armor class. Oh, they that makes have it great. scores for physical, mystical, and social defenses that are based on attributes and possible magic items. If, I'm going to say this example, if your attack beats these scores, your attack succeeds. There's also physical and mystical armor you can wear, which reduces the amount of damage you suffer from attacks. So damage S- reduction. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. Strain, that's in quotes, the right way. is a hit point <laughs> system, but you also spend strain to perform some tasks. I like that idea. There's also wounds, and when you take more damage than your wound threshold, that affects your dice rolls. So like in Vampire, the more hurt you get, the less effective you are. In L5R2. You use various dice depending on the step of your skill or talents. Steps. This all seems really familiar. I have a feeling I played this way back in the. Actually, some of this sounds a little bit Savage Worldy. It, it sounds real, this, this real bit questy, but anyway. this bit sounds very uh, both Savage Worlds and Queen's Cavaliers. Boy, this is uh, this, this next bit. Dragon, Dragon Age. Anyway, um, the, uh, the I'll start again. One you, where the, everyone was Harrison Ford. <laughs> you use a various. Did you play in that? Yeah, you use a various that. dice depending on the step of your skill or talents. Steps determine what dice you roll and are basically the average number you would expect to roll on the dice. All right, so here's math. So, step three equals a, d- a d4. Yeah. Step six equals a d10. Yeah. Step 15 equals a d12 plus 2d6. I'm not sure about the math on this. Uh, the dice explodes, so you can have those results of 50 plus, plus on a single d6. Oh, but 7 plus 4 plus 4 is, is 15, so yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see how the you average did. roll on a, on on each d six would be a four, and the average roll on a d twelve would be a seven. Seven plus four plus no, four is fifteen. The average roll on a d twelve would be six point five. So at step yeah. six, you just you just default to a d ten. 
they round up in each of these cases. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, 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 okay, got so it. So at step six, you just default to a d10 because, like you said, 5.5 5 is, is the average roll so on So they're, aver- they're rolling, they're rounding up, rounding there up in, yeah. in each case. Mm-hmm. That can be complicated if they don't know uh, what step they're at. It's probably written out in the book already. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how do you know what step you're All right. All dice have even numbers, so it kind of... All dice are gray in the dark. All, all dice hurt your feet in the dark. Let's <laughs> be honest. The D four, D twenty is not so much. D fours. Actually, any game science Rule. dice. <laughs> yes. Any game science dice. Yeah. Those sharp yeah. corners I, and I, edges. I can tell when I step on a D four, and I can tell when I step on a Lego. How's that for you? <laughs> right. Uh, each class is a magical discipline, and they have the range of warrior, thieves, magicians, various types, beast masters, archers, weaponsmiths, etc. And the typical fantasy races are covered as well. I just wanted to bring this to your attention. The mechanics can take some getting used to, but it's a nice alternative to D&D for both mechanics and world building. That's all for now, Joe. P.S. Drink. P.P.S. You don't have to plug my actual play on your show, but if you choose to, I would appreciate it. It's a Shadowrun actual play, and uh, it'll be in the show notes later on, which is uh, something about relativedimension.com. Thank you. This sounds really familiar. This was in '93 is when it came out. First originally? time. Yeah, well, it said a couple yeah. years ago. Boy, edition came out. Yeah, boy, so oh boy, that I had heard of Earth Dawn once upon a time. I think I heard about it at a con. I don't think I'm almost certain I haven't played it. It's a fast game. I may have played a really early version or something. This sounds. I don't know. Some of these mechanics are just like I'm like, hmm. I'm, I'm trying to find it on Drive Through RPG, and I'm can't. My mic's off. Hold on. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. But back in the day, I used to, I used to just sort of play game. We used to bring in games. Somebody brought bought RuneQuest. Yeah. It was always it came in a box or Stormbringer came in a box. And right. this sounds really <laughs> familiar to one of those older games. Well, he said it was nine in the nineties. Yeah, it came but this, out. I, I hadn't maybe played. it was there. Maybe there was a predecessor game that was in my dead zone. Yeah. Right. But wait, here's the thing. I'm here's an annoying thing, and I've noticed this about Drive Through RPG. When I type in Earth Dawn, can the most recent core book come up first? No. Only if it's also the most popular thing. Or if, you know, they have it. Let's say I've never played it before and don't own anything from it. It would be nice to be able to put in Earth Dawn and say, oh, there's the core book. Just hard code that in and say, okay, that's going to show up and then everything else is going to be whatever's most popular. But just give me that. Yeah. I, I had that problem with Traveler. I couldn't figure out which was the core book. Well, that's, that's fair. That's because there's three of them. Yeah. Depending on which but version you want. That, that, that's the original the original version. The Mongoose Traveler. The I was looking for Mongoose Traveler. I looked under Publisher, Mongoose, Title, Traveler, and then Specify, Core Book, or Main Rules, See, or whatever, and it wouldn't give me the... Traveler, uh-huh. Traveler yeah. T4. It's not even the most recent nope, Macmillan no, edition. No, no, it's no. the previous one. Yep. Yep. And the first thing that comes up... The GM screen. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but if you click on that, it usually <clears throat> gives suggested other titles. <laughs> yeah, but that's an extra step. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, just, just here, here you go. Vampire. First thing that comes up? Yeah. Beast Within revised. Because it's the newest thing on one of the existing series. If you put in V5, however, that'll bring up the new uh, playtest edition. Yeah, but what if I want like V20? Then you put in V20 and it will bring it up. Oh, it did. It did bring that up. Yeah. If I put There's only one book under V5 right now. Though. Remind us what you do for a living again. Um, what I do for a living is I make scarves and soap and sell them at anime cons, but I do happen to have a master's of library and information science. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to look shit up. <laughs> Her local foo is strong. Yeah, I, I got a master's in looking shit up. <laughs> v- if anybody's hiring. V- V20? Yeah. Dark Ages Tome of Secrets, first thing. Yeah, that's the most recent book that came out. On and that. then yeah. the next thing that comes up, of course... And it should be Vampire 20th Anniversary Edition. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. All right. Sadness story Aww. from Jonas Larson. It's somebody else's turn to read. I haven't read. Oh. Everybody else has read. I'm the one who hasn't read. Oh, you just talked a lot. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> Did you set him up for that? I don't. I think she genuinely forgot. No, he set himself up. <laughs> I'm playing sad music. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I'm making it up as I go. Greetings from Prison Ward 10642 of the Glorious Stulag. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it with a Russian accent. The Stulag is working out. (laughs) The glorious Stulag. (laughs) Yeah, all right. (laughs) Especially considering the anthem of this show. Uh, (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) I'm glad that you enjoyed the Swedish gifts all those years ago. As you can see, I'm in the seventh step of grief regarding the the backlog. It wasn't even years ago. It was like months, but... I guess in we Sweden, would, when it's dark, it seems like if, he, years. if he's listened, if he's listened Winter long enough, then coming. he expects this to be read six months from now. Winter's still there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's June. <laughs> actually, my parents were just there. They said the weather was great. Yeah, well, it's June. Uh, they don't would, know what good weather is. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to get some capitalistic snacks from the states, but me and my cohorts all live in different parts of Sweden. I'll try to figure something out. One idea, I know someone in Denmark we could send them to. Actually, I don't think we're actually supposed to read this section of it. Oh, well, we're reading it. Oh, we're not? No, we're reading it. (laughs) Reading. Uh, Yeah, one idea is that you send the snacks around next Easter during Gothcon, the biggest con in Sweden. Most of us are going to attend and we'll be able to enjoy your beef jerky and Diet Coke with extra corn syrup. Well, that's what we were going to... Okay. We've got to come up with something else. No, that is... Neither of those things are on my list of things to send. But it is now. Especially since Diet Coke wouldn't have corn syrup. That is correct. Well, yes. <laughs> well, it does. It, extra here, it does. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, but anyway. you could send I, flavored gummy bottles, which are awesome if you soak them in rum. Oh, uh, yeah, no kidding! Everything's awesome when you soak it. Yeah, in but rum. I mean, like you get a rum and coke in gummy form. No, don't soak your peanut butter sandwich in rum. It is a horrible <laughs> thing. To oh, thank sandwich. God! I thought you were going to say don't soak your penis in rum. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't kink shame people. Stop. I, was, Do what you I know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's repercussions. Uh, don't ask me how I know. Stork, you do you. Just don't tell me about. Thank it. you. <laughs> no, I, my my goal because I, I realize Southern California cuisine. Yeah. Is avocados. Well, that's, besides that, <laughs> it's almost all borrowed from other cultures. Yeah. Yeah. And most, avocados. most, mostly, mostly Mexico and Asia, and Asia. Yeah, and we add avocados to them. And we yeah. add avocados. <laughs> exactly them. right. But so, and I can't send avocados. But I did get a thing of guacamole dip that's can that's canned, so it, it will. It oh will, yeah. It will. Yeah. Last survive the trip to Sweden, and they can try the glorious green paste, fatty nuttiness <laughs> that is avocado paste. <laughs> but uh, Pringles. That's very American. Root beer. Oh, root beer. Root beer, was, root beer was invented in the U.S. before Coca-Cola, yeah, but and can, the rest of the world doesn't like it. They can get Pringles in Sweden. Actually, root beer they probably now, can't. Most countries don't like root beer. Just as a country, they well, avoid well, it. I mean, they may not like it, but they can get it. I mean, they have Burger Kings there. Okay, but anyway. so root beer-flavored gummy bears. Fair enough. Right. Um, a, couple, a couple jars of salsa. With some chips, which will end up being dust by the time they get there. They've talked. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Well, just then, what do you want me to send? I'm, not, I'm, I'm brainstorming. <laughs> you tell me what they don't have that we have. You had that wonderful chicharrones thing. I, oh, I'm going to send them chicharrones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. With skin attached. Yes. The good ones. Yes. Mm. 
You're going to be grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you should try to find one of the special flavors of Lay's potato chips, like whatever is the special flavor right oh, now. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, like biscuits dirty couch. and gravy. Or, or <laughs> actually, I was just, I think I was at Big Lots. They still had the Peeps flavored Oreos. See? And, and they did send us the dill uh, chips, so that'd be a quick pro quo. And in fact, the Reuben Lay's was so awesome. Did you try the oh, Reuben yeah, the Reuben Lay's was fantastic. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I have—I actually have a little thing in there. I got to go check the expiration dates because I bought it like a month and a half ago during fair, and I'm mm-hmm. like, some of this stuff might be old by now. I should probably <laughs> cycle through this and get new stuff. Do we still have a? Where did they? By the, the way, where did the monkey poo thing go? By the way, the, uh, the, here. the jelly donut Oreos are really good. Yeah, actually, they were. <laughs> I was surprised. I like the uh, waffles and syrup ones better, though. Yeah. You keep, I, I like maple. So. You keep reading the email. Right, I'll find I, the Jungle World. All right, because yeah, they need to eat some too. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The reason I'm writing today is to share a special horror story, or rather a sadness story. A sadness story with Father Stu himself in one of the roles. Did he bring special presents? Like There it like is. Like Christmas time? Oh, oh, this is I've heard I've heard stories Should about this. Yeah. No, no. It's not oh, spicy. Okay, what are they? Do I get to know what it's they are? Licorice. With okay. something on the outside. Yeah. Oh, it's salted I've licorice? Heard, I've, heard, I've heard Is it salted? I don't oh, like so. licorice, period. Neither do like. I. <laughs> <laughs> They're from Sweden. Yeah, that doesn't make them better. It's it is salted licorice. It's, okay, it's it's very intensively salted licorice. Yeah, but once you get past the salt, it's like mm, we're doing good. But you never get past the salt. But it's potassium salt, not sodium salt. Is that why? Is that why it's so? Yeah, weird? that's why it's bitter. It's potassium chloride. Oh, I don't read oh, that's Swedish. why it's got a monkey on the cover. Oh, right, that makes sense. Yeah, potassium chloride is bitter in in considerable quantities. <laughs> no, Justin, Justin was just lamenting he oh, couldn't it, get that in the U.S. Oh, it's busy too. I forgot about that. All right, so <laughs> oh, bitter. <laughs> you don't have to eat it if you don't want. It to. says ammonia chloride. Ammonia chloride? Even yeah. words. Oh my a, god. It says ammonia chloride right there, almost second to the bottom. Ammonium chloride. Stuck on my yeah. tooth now, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's sticky. Yeah. You don't have to finish. Okay. Well, I can't remove it. <laughs> I'm gonna lose the tooth. I, at this I, point. I figure it's just like um, uh, 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 nicotine gum. You just, just stick it between your your. I've got <laughs> some black black gum from no, Japan. No, no, no it has nicotine and <laughs> caffeine in it. No, no. So it's you. addictive on two fronts. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, our tale begins February twenty first. The forums were still wild and untamed, and I'm traveling to the GM sounding board forum to ask a shy and humble question here presented in its. Full retro glory. Pre-written characters and anxious players. I'm going to run a pre-written adventure that I ran at a con a couple of years ago for a new group of players. I'm good friends with the leader of the group, but haven't met the other players that much. They have played some RPGs before, like Game of Thrones and Swedish Cults, the Scandinavian variant of the Cthulhu mythos, but are far from the usual stock of Happy Jack's listeners. From what I can tell, they like to goof around and haven't grasped concepts like Yes, and yet. The adventure is pre-written, so I told them they would get their characters when they sat down at the table. But I have started to receive anxious messages from the group leader. He wants me to send the characters to the other players now, so they can pick and choose in advance. Can I just say for... I do remember this on the forum when this happened. I I imagine so. (coughs) Does it seem a little creepy that there's a group of role players that has a group leader? Mm-hmm. It might be the person who's normally the GM. Could be. And, Could be. and, and the fact that they're going to a con and they're like, oh, we would like to have our characters now ahead of time so we can prepare to play the game well, that you're supposed to... What I said is, 
exactly the opposite of what you're thinking. Okay. I said that they would have to wait, but he has ins- he has insisted and suggested that I at least tell what type the characters are, so the players can choose something that fits them. I don't really know what to do, actually. Having played in a couple of Kimmy's games where I'm not even allowed to mm-hmm. look at the character mm-hmm. sheet until 20 minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. I did have a player who was really hostile to the fact I wouldn't let them actually look at the stats before they picked at a con game. Yeah. So there's some people where just maybe they need a level of control over their character. Yeah. Or a lot of control, yeah. I don't think it's demanding or uncommon to not get the characters until it's time to play. Especially at a con. I even think that it can be detrimental in some regard to the experience. One of the most fun things for me about con adventures is to, together with the other players, discover right there at the table what kind of wacky characters you're going to play that evening. But I don't want to be a stick in the mud and want to be as facilitating as possible for players that aren't as experienced in the hobby as me. So, thoughts? I don't know how, but this little innocuous cry in the wild actually incited a flame war. And it didn't did. take long for the secret stoolies to stoolies. S- stoolies, the secret stoolies to <laughs> arrive and close everything down. I was actually the tipping point that led to the more totalitarian and unforgiving rules we have in the forum to this very day. Do you see, Mom? Do you? I did achieve something with my life. <laughs> but before all that, before I and the other dissidents were thrown into the Stulag, arrived no other, none other than Stu himself to spread his wisdom down in the forums. Sounds like he spread something. That sounds like Zeus. Lightning bolt? <laughs> Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Just remember, acting like a god might include golden showers. <laughs> He ascended from the heavens. He ascended from the heavens. Okay. Uh, Touched my forehead and told me with a booming voice, Jonas, don't be a synonym to penis. If they need the characters in advance, indulge them. Father Stu flew back to the higher spheres, and I decided, with tears in my eyes, to follow his (laughs) command. I contacted the players in a group chat and let them pick their characters from a list of short descriptions. The beautiful actor, the angry cousin, the nice cousin, the perturbed military, and the damaged experiment. After they picked and chose amongst themselves, I sent them the characters through normal email. Problem is, and here comes the sad part, is that I work as an author. I write books and I write for gaming companies, and some of my adventures are available on my website my website that you can find a link to in my automated signature at the bottom of my emails. One of the players read my, le- read my letter where, he, where I sent the character and said, <laughs> here is the character you are going to play, saw the link to my web page, and pressed it. He found the adventure, downloaded it, and became so confused and anxious that he thought he was going to be the game master and read the whole thing. These are people that are so... <clears throat> it's a, okay. It took a really weird call to the leader of the group for this person to understand that he wasn't the GM, but the damage was already done. He had spoiled the entire experience for himself, and I said that it unfortunately wouldn't be any point for him to attend any longer. <laughs> To pour extra salt in the wounds, it turned out to be one of the funniest and best sessions I GM'd in a really long time. And that's my sadness story, starring me, Father Stu the First, the revolution, and one confused Mr. Player. Wow. (laughs) 
Looking back at the ordeal, I think I could have found some other solutions for the poor guy instead of just booting him from the game. Maybe I could have asked him to co-GM, but I had never actually met the guy before, and I don't know if I would want to co-GM with someone so weird that he's capable of destroying the totality of his life in such a manner. I think (laughs) it's very, very prescient of you, yes. Sorry for the length of the email. You can just read every other word. (laughs) Thanks for putting that at the end of the email. I'm sure folk will still get the gist of it. Jonas Larson, I'm sorry, Jonas Larson, your loyal subject. Asterisk, I'm for legal reasons not allowed to write dick in my emails anymore. Except you just did. You just did. No, but it's, you know. I I don't see how this is my fault. <laughs> you, no, you were merely a contributing right, yeah. player. Like, I, the, it wasn't blaming. It's like all you needed to say was <clears throat> your character sheet is attached. You know, if that was the problem. Otherwise, it's this link right here, not the one in my signature. But you know, now that the salt is gone, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. Don't follow it with a beverage, though. I just did that. It was a mistake. And it you drank rea- water. Yeah, but it just it reactivated <laughs> the salt flavor that was still mm. just a tiny bit in my mouth. Well, it does bring up the topic, but I mean, what do you do when your con players freak out, right? Like, they, they, they're they not used to... I don't communicate with my having, con players well, in but advance. That, but isn't that the, the different cons, apparently, have Oh, wait, I take situations. that back. I've been staffing the LARP lately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They have pre-pre-registration. And, and then there's... In, in, in I, 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 how do I catch this? <laughs> there, there are sometimes there are players that have shown up that have been abused or have not played games uh, in, in a safe environment for a long time, and they don't know... They don't trust. First con sure. game. They don't understand. Yeah. First con game. You know, game. or just, or just, they just don't understand the way. They don't understand. There's other <clears throat> ways to play the same game. Yeah. I remember my response to him because I, I, I said, speaking for myself, it takes me a long time when handed a character mm-hmm. to figure out how I'm going to portray that character yeah. and who that guy is. It takes a long time. That's yeah. fair. So if these but, players want the characters, I would love to be able to know that. I'm signed up for this game, and I get the character a couple weeks in advance. I can look through it and think about it, for, you know, here and there, and go, "Hey, you know what? This is how I'm going to portray this character." Yeah, because it, it too much pressure right there. Boom. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just figure. I know. Something I have out. two responses. I mean, uh, with the free show games, I like to write a, a, a nice little concise backstory, and I think that gives everybody their motivation. So, who did you play when you did um, the free show? Was Maggie? You yeah, I had Maggie. The cat. And, and I, I think I got Maggie both times I played. Yeah. But we could, well, I've, I've noticed that when people come back, they pick the same characters again, probably because they know them. Yeah. But there's also some through line for the yeah. players at that point yeah. as well. <clears throat> We're just like, I want to pick up where my character left off. There's some continuity. I, 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 play, I played. Uh, I played in three of them, and I played the first two. I played the illustrated man mm-hmm. for exactly that reason. I wanted the continuity. I already knew it. I already had the accent picked out. Everything knew the I powers. got. Knew the powers. I knew the powers. Yeah. And then so, the third time, somebody wanted the illustrated man more than I did, so I wound up as the dra- uh, dragon. Dragon boy. Dragon boy. Yeah. I. And here's the here's the point. Those characters when you first started were brand new to you. You had no idea. And how much fun was that to discover these new characters? Right. I mean, I think. I think you, as a player, are cheating yourself out of having the fun of that discovery with the to first time. To be fair, around. I knew the GM going in. Well, yeah, and these players don't. True, true. Well, but did you know the play? Did you know the characters going in? Did you even knew what I was going to no, do? No, but if I, I mean, uh, now I'm the you trusted sort. me, but that's I'm the not adventurous the point. sort. But I have at cons been given pre-generated characters because that's how pretty much all of the cons are done from 
GMs that I didn't know mm-hmm. going in. I didn't know the character. I didn't know the GM going in, and the system. I didn't didn't know the system. And I'm going in. I'm trying to learn all of it all at once while have a good time. Get that. And then I wind up with kind of a dud character. Yeah, you just end up with something handwritten, and there's no backstory or anything. Right? Yeah, well, I'm just, just a like, character that doesn't click for you. Right. I get that. Uh, Bill had that problem with the freak show where he he likes to play dog boy. He he. Somebody else picked dog boy. He ended up with um, the 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 hunger artist. Not his favorite character, kind of a one-trick pony, and he was a little mad, but he he owned it. But I, I get it. I know what you're saying. But again, you got these characters the first time. You made a connection with them that first time. They were then yours. But but, but the see, first the, time you played, what I'm it saying is, is, is for me that important. doesn't happen. There is no connection. It, they, well, however long it takes me to have a connection to a right. pre-generated yeah. character. I don't know how long that is. It's longer than four hours. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes <clears throat> a character won't click for me until we're near the end of the and session. Oh, I get that too. Like, oh, even I in home done games, even in home games, it might take two or three sessions oh. before you go. Oh yeah, I'm kind of figuring out yeah. who this person yeah. is. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there, some games I click right. I remember in the Toon game that you and I played in years ago. Oh, it was hysterical. We clicked into our characters. Oh, oh, that's the that's that's Gary that's Mack. Gary Mack. Gary Mack yes, is but, so awesome. but we create we kind of car- created the characters at the table. Yeah. There, so, but that's different. That is yeah. a different situation. Yeah. Or like but with heroes, we were also like fill it in, love we heroes. were completely different. Masks, we were completely masks. new to the system. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what we were up for. Uh, yeah, anything with the apocalypse world, you're creating it at the table. Yeah, that that's going to be a different thing. But I I don't know. I'm of two minds about this. I get yeah. it. Because uh, with Dave Kazay's game, I, it, it took me until this last game to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with Renfield. Two sessions. Oh, right. yeah. At least two, maybe three. True, I was hammered the first time we played it, and I'm like, and I, given all this information, spent most of the time reading the diary, but but I, it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do, and now we probably won't play that again. But <laughs> I get that, but I also think that at least with a, a I don't want to say well-crafted con game, but, but with a con game, you... There's an expectation of showing up, getting a random character, and then making the best of it. Yeah. And it may take you out of your comfort zone. It, it may be something you're not used to, but it's only four fucking hours. You can deal with it and get, move on. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, it's but, not about comfort zone. It's yeah. about, I, I don't know who here. this guy is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a fairly adventurous player, and even I'm a, like, I go to the cons and, like, if I can't sign up for the Happy Jacks games because I know the, pl- the, the GMs, I'm like, Louis Garcia, always a Seth. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, there are a couple of others that I'm like, okay, yeah, I I, I played with him before. It, he runs a good game, but if it's like, I don't know who this guy is. I've never right. played with yeah, him before. I don't know that I want to make that risk. But I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Okay, fine. I'd like to try a new game. I want, so do I. Want I. To try new games, new people, new you stuff. You might get I'm a horror like, story to tell on the show. I know, right? That's uh, uh, yeah. content, is, content is king. Content is king. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but also just I, context. I'm, I'm like, king. I can nope. play a game with you. <laughs> I can play a game with Stu. I want to try a game that I uh, with, with yeah. somebody I've never heard of before yeah. in a system I don't know. So maybe maybe it's about what it is you want out of a con. Maybe it's a yeah. At the, I'm going to say it's a comfort level yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to. I want to play things that different. I know how to play that I'm comfortable with. and I want to know my stuff. And maybe with these games because he talks about like apparently these people signed up months ago and they all know each other and they were emailing back and forth. So yeah. it's unlike the games that we do, which is I sign up for a game I've never talked to the GM. You know, this, almost, this, this actually <laughs> reminds me more of um, not so much the, or, the, the organized sessions within the cons that we're familiar with, but almost more like the ShadowCon games yeah. 
that My guess like, is <clears throat> good. Yeah, that that you know, the right Lars knows this one guy who has a group of friends who are outside of Lars' Venn diagram of of social circles. Right. Um, but he's bringing that that group to this con, and Lars is going to run for <clears throat> because they have one mutual friend in common, and none of these guys know Lars. And so it's sort of a, if you run a game, I'll get you players. Right. It could. Yeah. You right. Might, might be right. What were you going to say, Stu? Uh, well, I, I mean, he probably being an author is probably running games at cons for for promotion. Yeah. Right. right. And it may be that one of the people in this group perhaps is some sort of influence builder. Maybe he's you know very important in the RPG. Community because he has a podcast or something, right? First adopter, or he, or he's <laughs> anyway. just he's a nerd. right. I, no, I, I, or maybe he's just the I nerd we just for his group. <laughs> right, he's the nerd who goes. You're a nerd about this. I bet you'd love to be a nerd about this too. Come join my other nerd group. Right, yeah, and so and, and who, but who knows? But I mean, if he had said, "Oh, by the way, I'm also going to include a link to my webpage where you can get the adventure for free," and someone might accidentally download it. I probably wouldn't have given him this advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was just the default in his signature. My default signature is my Etsy shop. Right. I don't think about it. Right. And, and most of the time I forget it's there. Right. And what we call a con might be different than what they call a con. Because I remember that my game shop had a con and it was like 30 people. You know, and, and Did they have a sign-up sheet at one end and everyone had to start coming? Kinda? And a start, starting Kinda, line? Yeah. No, no, goth, goth con I've actually heard of. That's how big it is. Oh, Fair really? Enough. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it's... Well... Uh, yeah, no, no, that's the same. Yeah, yeah he's the one who's so at Con, right? I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we did talk about the running of the crowds yeah. all those years ago with the, with the running with of the, the Germans. But was it still Cleveland? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, I love. It's still that. a historical story. So I mean, I get it. Cons are different all they over the world, and and game. seen through the lens of our con, it's perhaps a bit presumptuous of us to assume yeah, they all run that way. I've um, never been to Dragon Con. I've never been to Gen Con. I've basically only been to a Strategic Con, and and so as as gaming cons go, I'm, I imagine that they are very different animals from con to con. Yeah, yeah. And they are run differently. They are the experience is very different. And you know, I've run into bad GMs mm-hmm. at Strategic Con. I've run into bad GMs and, everywhere. You know, we're spoiled for choice here in LA. Yeah. Right? We're absolutely spoiled for choice, Mm -hmm. and you know if you've got a con in a a con in the capital of your country, yeah, a less media savvy, and I don't mean I don't mean television and movies. I mean less multimedia savvy in that you you're you're familiar with various different types of storytelling. You're gonna box yourself into this argument here. I maybe. I think Not it's everybody fair. wants to use Google Chats to run their game, though. I, I, yeah. I think it's fair to say that uh, when you're GMing, you're GMing in a bubble, right? It's your rules, it's your playground, you, yeah. you, and you don't you don't know what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong, or even if there's another way to do it. Uh, that's that's the thing that I love about cons is that if you go as a GM and you play in somebody else's game, you're like, oh my god. I never thought about that. I never, I never thought about it. if somebody rolls a one. What about them telling me what happened? <gasps> and the, and you yeah. start getting ideas, and you realize that there are a lot of different solutions to the same problems. There's a lot of different ways to GM a game. I think it's important for everybody to come to cons and try stuff out. And if nothing else, you see other people that are worse than you 
<laughs> or made decisions that are worse than you, you're like, wow, I don't ever want to do that. I'm making notes about what not to say or what not to do. Or like, oh my God, I've done yeah. that, only only not as bad. I, th- I think cons are invaluable that way. I think that it's important for everybody to go out there and see that I, I, there's a lot of ways to read a book. There's a lot of ways to read a sentence. And there's a lot of ways to run the same game. And I think that everybody runs the same game differently. The way I would run a D&D game is different than the way Stu would run a D&D game is different than the way you would run it. I, I, I know that's fair, and I think it's really enlightening to see other people run games or be experience that. Right. Yeah. Thank you, John Larson. Yeah. All right. Now, you want to talk uh, uh, briefly? It's already 10.15. A little bit about the V5 stuff? Yeah, um, I also read a couple of interviews and stuff on it. Um, so I didn't really dig in and just read. Well, let me just... Uh, uh, okay. They've announced uh, White Wolf, not Onyx Path at this point, right. has announced the release of the uh, Vampire, what they're calling 5th edition mm-hmm. uh, of the... Of Classic World of Darkness. Old World of... Yeah, Classic World, World of Darkness. They're ba- basically claiming that 20th anniversary is 4th edition, therefore this is 5th. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gamers and counting, it doesn't go together. I know. Yeah. No, um, exactly. So uh, they released kind of the playtest, uh, the beta version of it. You can get it for free on DriveThruRPG. Search V5, the letter and the number, and that should bring it up really easily. And it's free. And it's free. So you can just go and you can grab it and find it 10 years later when you go, oh, shoot, I didn't download this before. And it's not a complete rule set. No, no, it's no, still it's, very it's much very, a It's still very much in the works. Um, the they, height is... They, uh, they give you, the they give you a, a website where you can submit feedback. I mean, that's the level that they're at. They want players to break it. They want players to be like, this rule doesn't make sense They want you to run the adventure they sent. Yeah. They're calling it Using pre-alpha, I well, think. Well, they would yes. like you to run the adventure they sent. If you run your own adventure instead, you can, but they, because you have a limited rule set, you really only have the rules to support this adventure. Right. Um, so a couple of things they did that I actually really like. Uh, one of the things they did is everybody you can feed, they've set it up so that when you feed from people, sometimes you'll get a bonus from that person. Just maybe this person is extremely athletic and you're going to functionally have one more dot of fortitude than you had before for the next hour or something. So oh. everybody gets sanguinary animus. Um, but no, you just get a temporary power for an hour. Yeah, or or maybe the next time you use your first level of presence, you get a slight, you get an extra bonus die for it. Um, this is it's I based on how it was in the play test. I think it was something that is supposed to be uncommon. They scattered it really heavily in the play, play test, probably to make sure Contested. you actually to make yeah. sure you actually hit it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the play test and and my feedback is really tangled up in the play test. I spent more time reading that part. Um, the play test is set in Berlin. Um, it runs, which, yeah. um, which makes sense. That's the area they know, and and it seems Berlin honestly seems kind of exotic to me here in LA. Um, Bless Berlin, there, but Berlin has a, a long, deep history with being a Camarilla city. So they've had, they basically had like a second vampire inquisition go through, and they had some major meta plot changes happen. And what they've got here is the Anarchs are about to take the city away from the prince, and there's been some problems with the prince. As player characters, you supported the prince. Um, you're kind of trying to figure out how to get out of this alive now. So it's an interesting premise. It's an interesting setup. Um, but they really emphasize the world of darkness side of it, where you are a bad guy. Um, in fact, a lot of my problems with what they did in the system are actually tied to the playtest itself. First of all, um, so spoilers, sorry if you're planning to play it, but... Yeah, d- yeah. if you're, if you're going to be playing this or you think someone might be, stop now. Yeah. Um, but some of this is pretty heinous. Uh, first of all, the villain of the piece is one of the PCs. Oh. Uh. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this is a trader mechanic. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily a trader mechanic, but you're kind of set up to find out that there's this um, kind of human trafficking thing going on that's actually being run by one of the PCs. Um, that can be handled in a, a good way, but... But that's a really complicated thing yeah. to put into a play test. Yeah, right. Um, or into Unless they're trying to make see how PC-on-PC PC combat works. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That can be a really cool core part of Vampire 2. But if I just PvP does happen. But they mentioned that they want to see this run like at Gen Con and stuff. And so I'm kind of like, so you're going to have a random person walk up to your table who does not know you as a GM, and you might be handing them the villain. Right. Um, also, and I don't know if it's the same character or a different character, because I didn't really pick over the character sheets to compare and make sure I'm bad with names. One of the PC characters in this playtest for public play at gaming conventions is a child molester. Okay, no. And I know you want to push the World of Darkness stuff. Um, that one of the nightclubs, because Berlin has a huge nightclub scene, and the nightclubs are key to the the human trafficking thing. So it details out like ten different nightclubs. For some reason, the one that seemed kind of detailed to an uncomfortable, excessive level that seemed to have the most detail was the gay nightclub. Uh huh. And maybe that's just because it was the one that. That subculture is so used to being in danger anyway A little bit of city unrest isn't going to stop them From going to party, I don't know Because it is World of Darkness And it just there, there are a lot of little uncomfortable Things in it that I wouldn't Want to use if I was potentially Introducing people to the system And if you're doing it at like a convention setting Or something like that, that That's awkward, and I'll be honest, as a player There were some things in there I would never Choose to pick up as sure. a player I mean, I, I will take door characters at Pillars all the time. Like, I am not scared of taking pre-generated characters at all. But there's some stuff in there where I would actually look at it and go, can I pick something else? Right, um, yeah. Flipping back to something that might carry the World of Darkness theme really well, um, they have this mechanic now where you kind of acquire frenzy dice when you use your powers instead of, like, really tracking your blood points. Um and I, I don't remember exactly how you acquire them, but it's when you use your powers, you might acquire frenzy dice. And it's a different color from your... You want to have two colors of dice when you're playing. So say you're up to three, three frenzy dice. You're going to use those three frenzy dice um, to help build your dice pool. So you have a difficult... You have something where you need six dice. Three of those six dice are going to be your frenzy dice. Uh, you're required to use them? You're required to use them. And the number that comes up on them, um, it's a standard success. So it's six or higher. That part awesome. However, if your frenzy dice roll ones, then you have a chance of frenzying. Okay. Um, and you can get rid of all of your frenzy dice only if you kill when you feed. If you don't kill, you will always have at least one because your beast wants to kill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I kind of like that. And I, I can understand it. I, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if I like it or not. It, I can it understand the, the fact reason. that you're a blood-sucking monster. Well, well yeah, it's force. It, yeah, it's taking away player agency, and that you now have to do stuff because the mechanics are telling you to. If you only have one die, there's only a 10 percent chance it'll roll a one each time. Yeah, but um, you don't have a choice to, to take them. It says you're forced to use your frenzy dice. Um. Yeah. And the thing is, I find it a really interesting mechanic because it really highlights the the need to feed aspect. Sure. Um, and I I think it's a very interesting thematic. Element. Every time. I I didn't read the part of the rules really carefully. I just kind of read how it, the basic function of them. So I, I, I can't speak to that for sure. Every but time I roll dice, I have to confront that. That's going to get tiresome not, fast. I'm I imagine not necessarily, but it might be you have to fail and get ones on the frenzy dice. I, like I said, I didn't read it really carefully. I was just looking for thematic elements and changes. Yeah, mm. they they I, 
They it have. Is, it is Kenneth Height, by the way. They have. Oh, it is. Um, oh, okay. Reduced okay. the, the possibility of botches again. Um, they've they've taken out botches other than the frenzy option. Um, as official rules, you can always house rule them back in. Um, He's also reduced everything to three stats. Three stats, um, three stats with specialties, yeah. right? Yeah, instead yeah. of having um, uh, emphases. Yeah. Emphasis, yeah. which so is the same as the LARP rules. Uh, that that part is so. Instead of having your dex, your stamina, your um, strength, you just have physicals, and you have a specialty in one of those. This could be a big departure from the original, or from the from yeah. It's it's yes. a and huge it, there's from both new and mechanics. old. Yeah. There's going to be a there's going to be a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and and now successes are on a six, but. Our successes are always on a six. But that never changes. But it's a six, not an eight. Thank God. Right. So yeah. it's like I'm like, really oh, happy right. about that like part. New. But um, the other thing is, the GM can say you need X amount of successes yeah. to right. succeed. And you can also have situations where you lose dice or gain dice. Right. Um, yeah. Because what the way it's set up in um, V20 and any of the stuff that comes before it in Classic World is, you might change your difficulty. You might add or take away dice. We've got a lot of choices on how we are messing with the difficulty. So yeah. you kind of. Um, smooth I like out that. how you change the. I odds. like that because it's harder to know. Yeah. What mathematically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it is it better to have dice taken away, or is it better to have an increased difficulty level? I have no idea. I don't have the maths to figure I that know. out. Certainly not on the fly. And Intuitive, you might, intuitively, I'd say and you more might dice. have an increased difficulty with fewer dice because you've got two different factors. So yeah, they're right. they're taking out that. It's only changing the dice numbers. So there's some places where they're simplifying the system, and it's beautiful. Um, also, well, abilities are no longer um, skills, talents, knowledges. It's just abilities list. Right. Um, which again, that's like the LARP. Which is like the LARP, but it also smooths it out because always sometimes certain additions it looked a little forced. That they had an equal number of things in each column. Yeah, so. what a coincidence! But it kind of hides the designer. I just was double checking to make sure I was I was not misquoting. And he's done a lot of GURPS stuff, and he's also yeah. the mastermind behind Gumshoe. No, he's not the mastermind behind well, Gumshoe, but he's written a lot yeah. of Gumshoe. Him and he's also, he's also Robin, Robin D. Law's. Work. He's also yeah. one of the major writers behind the One Roll Engine. So he's uh, very wow. into oh, is he really? He's very yeah. into simple. I could see him trying to simplify, and maybe that's why he's brought in, which yeah. is like vampires a mess. I, Help mechanically, <laughs> there are pieces of it that are. Absolutely yeah. a mess. So I, yeah. I like some of what I'm hearing. Some of what I'm hearing, I'm like, I have to play through it. Um, I've heard, I've heard rumors on Metaplot, and this is something where I haven't really done the legwork to research it. So somebody knows better than me and disagrees in, with me in chat in the next five minutes. That's cool. But I've heard some rumors where they're making the Sabat go back to being NPC only. I've heard some rumors where the Sabat is supposed to go off to the Middle East because they've taken a terrorist shift. Um, I've See, yeah, but remember, this is pre-alpha. Yeah, th- this is also hearsay. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this one at this point, it's hearsay, but it's from people who do have a connection to the industry. Some of them who work as writers. I, so, like, I haven't tracked that down. I don't know if that's a direction they're thinking well, about. Well, that, that stuff probably they may, they it, may isn't also, in the playtest. They may stuff also anyway. roll it out slowly too, because there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a numerical advantage for rolling books out every year or so yeah. to keep your stuff. Um, so, th- so you start small at, and you roll your way out. They're pretty good at giving the basic. I get it. I get it. And and you're. Trying to appeal to the vampire players that already have this vast wealth of knowledge, so you can't negate all of that. And they're keeping the continuity. So they have to. They have yeah. to be able to. They're, they're saying, okay, the last book yeah. was published this year. Yeah. It gives world history up to this point. It's a slippery slope. How do you yeah. reinvent yeah. this game? Yeah. So no, they so they're actually, but they're keeping the continuity. So if they said, hey, Prince Baba, yeah. died. Prince Baba's still dead. Yeah, and I mean, this, this is what happened to the city after Prince Baba died. Now, they've been really. Is con- there continuity between old and new world? No. no. 
Oh, there is none. No. Okay. No. Yeah, right. no. It's Classic World and Chronicles, which are the official names of the two. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, but, week. but um. their con- their continuity <laughs> has actually been they've been really big on their continuity ever since basically they started because every year since they first published first edition of Vampire, they listed like nineteen. I think the first one was published in nineteen ninety one, if I remember right, something like that. Something like that. Um, so, 1991 was year of the blank. I don't remember what it Cap. was. No, that, not my point. The, 1992, Sorry, 1992 was year of the something else. 1993 was year of the blank. And each year, they brought in a new major meta plot element. Mm-hmm. So, in certain years, like year of rage, that was where they released Werewolf. Year of... Um, the year of Jade. That's where they released Kindred of the East. Mm-hmm. Year of um, I uh, uh, I don't remember what they called it, but it was something or other that that's when they released uh, Kindred of the Ebony Kingdom, which was the African mm-hmm. vampires. Um, and they're really consistent on making the history flow. Right, those. exactly. Right. And they you know they released Wraith. They released Mummy. They released all these things until the very the, the very very end, basically, which was they released Demon. And then one year after they released Demon was Time of Judgment. The Gehenna Chronicles that covered their entire world. Right. The, you know, Gehenna was what it was called in Vampire. Uh, there were other names for it in Mage and Werewolf and Apocalypse. Wraith and, so, and yeah, and so on and so forth. Um, but it was overall it was called the Time of Judgment. And at the end of that, they released the New World of Darkness. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, so. what they had to do when they kind of went, oh, V20, we're continuing the history, they they had to look back at Time of Judgment and say, these are the events that we said for sure happened. Mm-hmm. These are the events that we let the GMs choose how to end the world. So all the things that for sure happened, happened. And then all the things that were optional just didn't happen. So everybody was like, so especially the Sabat, because the Sabat existed to fight the Antediluvians when they rose. That's actually their major thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, we will not be devoured by our... Will not be yeah. ignored. Uh, no, they're, they're, no, they won't, no, they won't be, ignored. be ignored either. Uh, that, but, that's not an issue. <laughs> yeah, but it's like their goal was to not be eaten. So what happened canonically in in the big meta plot was they were ready. They were ready to throw down, and they didn't even get to be the ones who killed Ravnos because some technocracy dropped nuclear bombs on him. Oh, because <laughs> he, he woke up a year early. Fucking humans. Oh. I, I no, wonder if. Yeah. In, in a country where there wasn't a Sabbat presence. I wonder yeah. if... You know what? Yeah. Fuck the technocracy. Because the LARPing is such an important part of Vampire, and they acknowledge that, as you as you pointed out earlier on. Uh, if they're wondering if there's a general revamping of the rules and making it simpler will help on both aspects of this game. The role-playing part of it, as well as the LARPing part of it. Um, I wonder if the, that's what they're trying to do. It looks like it's kind of a unifying... That's what I'm, that's, That was my thought, yes. The playtest, actually, it says right at the beginning, it is a spin-off from... The meta LARP plot. There was something that happened in the meta LARP plot in the last. Well, I'm not talking about the plot. I'm actually talking about the mechanics of the game. But but Uh, I'm saying that because they're because they're taking that for the tabletop Mm playtest from the LARP, Mm -hmm. then they're drawing that parallel already. So yeah, they're absolutely trying conscious of the fact that they're trying to unify both worlds. I'm going to say they're absolutely trying to link the LARPers because there are people who only LARP Mm -hmm. because there's ton of people in pillars 
who came to it because it's a LARP. In fact, there's one guy who's like, oh, I hate vampire, but I love LARPing, and so maybe, I'm going to be And here. maybe that's part yeah. of Kenneth Hyde's mission statement. That it was good, be. Which is, how, I, do we, how yeah. do we bring these two worlds together? When I ran... Uh, how do we get these people to buy this, and yeah. how do we get these people to buy when this? When I ran uh, the, the uh, playtest here in the studio for the February con... Um, that's a good game. All of my players, at one time or another, except you, had been in the Pillars of Salt LARP. Right. Yep. And three of them, Mary included, were um, uh, regular, consistent players. One of them was staff. Yeah, Rachel is community right. outreach. Ra- well, right. Rachel is community outreach. She also has written for White Wolf. So, right. yep. um, but you oh, know, Onyx it, Path. but Onyx Path. right. Sorry for for Onyx Path. But like uh, Harry, who was who was sitting over here. I don't think he had ever actually played the tabletop version of the oh, game. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but that's why he kept going like this, huh? <laughs> 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 I just did the Rochambeau thing. You're right. Exactly. For those listening uh, at home. Yeah, yeah right, the, exactly. the LARP is rock, paper, scissors based, and then you right, can exactly. compare numbers sometimes. Right, but, but no, it's the, um, you know, there were, there, and, and Mary and I have had these debates back and forth um, because... She knows the LARP rule set really, really well, and I know the uh, tabletop rule set fairly well, and so we'll be playing in one of the games that neither of us are GMing in, and somebody else is GMing in, and we'll have this debate about, well, no, 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 that's not how, well, that's it. This is how it works in the LARP, and this is how it works in the tabletop, and they work differently, and then we both look at the GM and like, we s- we're sorry for hijacking your game. Well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I know where my rule sets come from because I've also run Vampire and I know oh, Vampire I know pretty have. well. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm more likely to get in debates on the social stuff because I try to make sure I know the mechanics for every character I'm playing. I'm in two Vampire games right now, tabletop, in right. addition to the LARP. So right now I have to know two different sets of rules for Auspex, two different sets of rules for yeah. Dominate. Yeah. Because um, they are very different. But, but if they are trying... To, to, unify to unify those, and I can understand will be so why. Much better in the tabletop. I, I can totally understand <laughs> why they would be doing that to try to bring these things together. It makes sense. So they cool only have the one rule play, set, and then yeah. next week go do a LARP based off your characters and moving, and, 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 and I know, actually transfers. And, and I know Dying Kingdoms, uh, a LARP based here. Yeah, yeah, Dying yeah. Kingdoms yeah, yeah, based here in in LA. Ed Fox, who was on last mm-hmm. week, yeah. is is on staff for that. Uh, they have weekend LARP events and they have tabletop events and at the cons oftentimes they, they will have they will have an, a LARP on one night and the tabletop on the other night. So right. for those of you before you start rage writing stuff, this is all conjecture on our part. We're just following yeah. this. Okay. So please, uh, we'd have no inside info and yeah, well, except can, what's it, online and you can find yourself. Go ahead and yes. tell us why we're wrong or maybe why we're right. But this is yeah. just uh, this is just me. I started this by. Maybe saying they're trying to unify. It's a unified rule system. It's a Hawking's unified field theory. Yeah, but but knowing what I've seen, <laughs> but in with blood, the play but test, with blood. But what I've seen in the playtest, and I do know the LARP rules really well because I've actually staffed for Pillars a little bit too. Um, yeah, actually, I'm seeing a lot of parallels in in some some aspects of the mechanics. Yeah, I'm going to emphasize some. All I can say is that if I was a game you designer, you still have dice in the tabletop. Right. If I was a game designer and I see money on in these two camps and neither of them talk to each other, I would love to bring them together and make yeah. more monies. Well, I, I guarantee you, <laughs> once V five comes out, yeah, I'll be buying the a core new book. a new LARP core book may very well be following, yeah. and it, there will be a W five. And an M5. And a, du- and, and a <laughs> WW5. Right. Well, they did also make a large book for werewolves. Right. 
They mm-hmm. did also make a, an official published uh, LARP book for Werewolf. Yeah. Oh, they did have, they really? Yeah, there's a Mind's Eye Theater version of uh, Werewolf 20. Do you have to wear stilts if you're a guru? <laughs> no, but running around in gorilla suits, everybody collapses and it just ends. No, actually, we you just go like gorillas. this. You go like this to inter- indicate you're in front of so You have to hold your arms like this until you switch back. That's terrible. That's <laughs> terrible. No, there, this is really starting to hurt, guys. Uh, actually, there's some great hand actually, gestures. Actually, I really, really like to drink my beer, but I'm, I cannot because uh, <laughs> I'm guru right now. Can we speed this up a little? My arm's getting tired. I can't feel my hands. I, honestly, <laughs> I started to lose feeling because when, when I was in the LARP, I was playing in Nosferatu, and I would go around obfuscated a lot. And the, the symbol for that is this, which seems <laughs> fairly... No, no, it's not that. It, it's <laughs> just... It is. It, it is. It's right, man. <laughs> it is. You just It used to be this. It used to be this, but then they realized it, it's, it's helpful to use... Uh, <laughs> That's to have one hand available. Right. Right? Especially for testing. So they, they, they turned it to this. Right? And... Well, once upon a time, it was actually this. Which, by the as way, is the like, finger held up as in, in front of the yeah, nose. Yeah, no, as, as in the idea of because you would you would hold up and you would hold up what what, how many fingers and in, in the oh, terms how of how much? many how much okay. obfuscate you had, right? Oh. But if you only had right because it mattered. But you would hold up one finger like <laughs> I can hide behind a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, as long as I'm hiding behind something, right. I'm hidden. And the 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 joke was I can hide. Behind a pencil. Let the record <laughs> let the record show that he's holding one finger between uh, around between his eyes. Right, exactly. And we're making fun of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well you I should. I don't want to make fun of them. And but that's well funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The old out of character gesture used to be. Is this auspects? No. No. No, auspects you don't need <laughs> a hand gesture know. for, thank thank God, because but if you're using telepathy, you do have to point at your forehead. Um, if you're t- speaking in a different language other than whatever the vernacular of the game is, you do like this. You put so an L. An L on so your chin. Yeah, a, a, um, a thumb to your chin, making an L. However, that L shape, it used to be that you would rest just your for, just your thumb against your forehead to indicate you were out of character. And that became awkward because nearly, this was late 90s, so nearly everybody did the loser right. sign. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Loser. They were out of loser character. was out of character. Right. Only losers are out of character was the, um, the idea. See, I like ours, which is... Yeah. So the out of character symbol now is just hold up crossed fingers um, to be like, no, no, I'm out of character. And there have been a few times where I've just so marched through the room with crossed just fingers like, in front of me being like, get out of my way, I'm heading for the bathroom. Peeing. <laughs> Gonna pee now, exactly. It's yeah. a six hour game. Sometimes you get a little caught up in a scene or a meeting. And you need a bio break. And sometimes you need a bio break and there's a lot of people in your way. And, right. and you don't want to be doing this in the bathroom. Like, peeing, I, I'm not talking to you. I'm in the stall. Hello. Fingers no, in the, the stall. The, the, okay. A vampire game should never Less make of it an the issue bathroom. in the ladies' room, Shouldn't? I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, no, they need to go to the bathroom. Uh, okay, like Toriador checking their makeup, maybe, but yeah, it's. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but yeah, the bathrooms are considered out that of That is character. not a problem in the La Sombra bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And on that note. All right. <laughs> All right. Perfect place to end it. Thank you. Ta da! Ta da! Where's my. There it is. Push the button. Thank you for, for, for talking about that, Mary. I appreciate it. Yes. No problem. But yeah, people, feel free to read it up, write in, disagree with me. Absolutely. And it is free. You can go to drive through and you can also get it from White Wolf's suggest, webpage. Too. And suggest I, I what, it, that's points. how I got it. Oh, I thought it bounced da- you back to the website. No, 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 no. There's actually just a, a hyperlink there for it. Oh, cool. You just did white wolf.com and it was like right there in white hyphen wolf. Yeah, yeah. They, they want white, the feedback yeah, on it. Hyphen. And there is a thing on the forums as well. So if you guys have read it or if you, if you disagree with what we're saying, Talk about it on the forums. Absolutely. If, if I've got stuff where I was wrong, go ahead, disagree with me. I didn't memorize it. I've barely read it, so I don't. I think it's called News from Berlin, I think it's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
where they go. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 14 of Happy Jinx Talking Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kurt. This is Mary. Snork. Don't forget to join us September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at StrategicCon at the beautiful LAX Hilton Hotel. The Paris Hilton Hotel. Where the uh, elevators go up and down, but she doesn't. Also, it's not the Perez Hilton? No. no. If you're going to go to Gen Con, I'm going to be there. So, <laughs> join the forum. Happyjacks.org slash forum. Uh, and I'm going to start a thread, because I want to do a meetup, or at least something like that, to be able to meet as many listeners who want to meet me, if any of them do. And because I would like to meet the people that I talk to on the forum and stuff like that, and write in emails and stuff, if you happen to be there, so please do that. It should probably involve beer in a bar, but but who knows? Who knows? Bars <laughs> are good places to meet people. That's why so so many adventures start there. That's exactly, yeah, exactly right. All right, we all meet in the town. Thank you very much. We'll leave with a song by Sportive Trick. Woo! What's the, what's the name of it? It's called uh, the Great Beer Flood. And who wrote it? I wrote it. Well, I, me and Jeremy Lamont. No, Jeremy Lamont. of the Angry Folk Media Empire. To drop a beer by accident It surely is a crime If a million pints flow through the street That's a party in its prime the Horseshoe Brewery on that day was struck by Hainesseals. The vats of beer all ruptured wide and the mother of all spills. Grab pots and pans and tankards before it all dries up. Hurry down to Tottenham Court and fill yourself a cup. The border of Middle River, 600 tons of suds. The streets of London drink their the great beer flood. Ellie Cooper was first to die when the beer crashed through her home. The wave of ale was 12 foot high with a 3 foot head of foam. Tom and Mary Moldy were on New Street taking tay. The mother and son drowned on the spot and washed out to the quay. Grab pots and pans and tankards before it all dries up. Hurry down to Tottenham Court and fill yourself a cup. The border made a Six hundred tons of suds The streets of London drink their fill In the Great Bay Flood Full thirty men and women In beer that day had swum Miraculous that so few To drowning did succumb Sean Duggan's morning at a wake Was filled with more than dread He must have been the very first man To die of too much head Grab pots and pans and tankards Before it all dries up Hurry down to Tottenham Court and fill yourself a cup. The border met a river, 600 tons of suds. The streets of London drank their fill in the Great Beer Flood. Catherine Butler and Anne Seville observing funeral rites. The pair of them were gentle souls devoid of any vice. But thank goodness for the Irishmen who came to save the day. Drank 16 times his weight in beer before he passed away. The flood was ruled an act of God, decreed by judge and jury.
Grandpa's hoppy fury. Grandpa's and bands and tankards before it all dries up. Hurry down to Tottenham Court and fill yourself a cup. The border met a river, 600 tons of suds. The streets of London drank their fill in the great beer flood. The streets of London drank their fill in the great beer flood. <laughs> 